Hey, boys and girls, it's another broadcast week. Kicking into gear here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Monday, the February, the February, the 13th. Not just any February, the February. We got so much going on. My head's spinning. I hope you guys enjoy it because we got a really cool guest in hour one scheduled. His name, Hawk Jensen. It's kind of like Laban Ditchburn. I tease Laban about his name, but it's really his name. And, and it's also Hawk's name. What's he all about? Well, he's got a documentary series I want you all to know about. It's really cool. And uh, we'll be discussing that and a whole lot more. Follow the science. What does that even mean? Hawk's going to let us know. Then hour two, we simulcast, if Super Don and I can remember, with our friends at Brideon.tv. We got to shoot down some UFOs. And of course, of all the UFOs and all their technology, you knew they could get here only by space balloon. <laughs> I can't, you can't make this stuff up. I hope you guys are ready. We're going to have a... I think it's going to be a good time today on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thanks for being here at robertscottbell.com slash listen. Share the show. Sign up for the newsletter. And uh, let's get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, as we crank open another broadcast week, of course, we technically start on Sunday, the first day of the week, but uh, if y'all are not plugged into our Sunday show, then here you are. Welcome to the Monday, Monday through Friday, uh, usually three to five or so Eastern time with a bonus round to boot when time permits. And uh, I got to ask Super Don, because I know we open with that little message uh, that I made for uh, uh, Cardio Miracle, which I take every day. Super Don takes every day. Many of you are taking every day. And I got to ask the question, Super D, because when I do the, you know, the gym and it's, it, it was a spotty start to the new year because of all the travel and other stuff that I went to. But uh, I got back into it. I'm cranking it up. And we talked briefly uh, in the opening of Sunday show, unless you cut it, uh, about how I did the challenge of the week at the gym. No, I didn't cut that. <laughs> I was tempted. I was yeah, tempted, I but I, like, well, I did not. The worst start to any show ever. So I thought I'd, re- I'd duplicate it today, talking about fitness and cardio miracle. And, you know, I did the Monday challenge of the week, which was, uh, you know, get down to kind of a high plank push-up position. You have two dumbbells and you do the row from, the, from that position, not at the same time, or you'll hit your nose on the ground one at a time, and then jump up from squat and raise those things above your head. And that's one. And I did on Monday, 31, but I was wearing glasses that kept falling off. So I was like, I know I can do better. I think I did 30 or so. So I did it on Friday and yeah, I got six more. I thought I'd get three more. So 36 and I actually beat the the gal that was in the lead. And then my friend, Amanda, who comes, she's like in her 30s. She's just a super athlete. She came in and did 39, but I'm the guy. She's the girl. We, We acknowledge the differences there. Does that mean... I still get the champion. Ooh, now be careful. There might be some progressives listening to the show right now. going to be very angry with you over that. Well, look, I've got to deal with desensitizing them because it's too hard to go through life <laughs> worried about, you know, genders because look, if you're hungry, gender's not going to matter so much. And there's a lot of threats, of course, to the food supply we talk about. And I hope you're growing your own food. We were out there, by the way, this weekend, um, planting already more for the spring in the in the greenhouses things are looking up looking good we're, we're well ahead this year than we were even last year with our first year of the greenhouses after after winter 
We still got carrots that have survived through the winter in the ground. The ground has been so cold, I can't even dig them all up yet. But we we are still abundant in terms of some of the things we've grown over the over the winter or through the winter, which is great. So here's the question before we go to our first story of the day, and then we've got Hawk Jensen in the wings waiting. Does it count if if I get beaten by a woman in, in the gym? I mean, that she wins the challenge. Do I still get championship credential or not? I don't know. You might lose a little street cred there. But as an older guy, right? Come on. No? No no consideration for that? Are you needing an ego boost here or something? What's going on here? Well, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just asking for Super Don's rules. No, I think it's it's all all's fair uh, in, in uh, burpees and war, right? You know, it's like... Right. Well, my, my main concern is that I don't want you to think that I'm somehow slacking off just because I got... Wow. Like, Just because you got beat by a girl? Right, exactly. Do you I'm, play I'm baseball a, like a girl, too? <laughs> okay. Wait, what's going on here? I'm sensing uh, something here. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. You're making what? things really worse. That, that why, are you, why, are you, uh, why are you feeling the need for, for affirmation here? Well, <clears> look, <throat> Super Don, you're my producer. You make the rules. Okay. I got I to abide by them. You know? Yeah, no. I, I mean, I, do, are you afraid people are going to laugh at you or something? Or? I, I, look. You know what? I hope they do because that's a big part of what, <laughs> what I try to do here is make people laugh a little bit because there's enough stuff not to laugh about, stuff you might be crying about, including. You know, you've won that 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 stupid chow challenge thing so many times now. It's like, yeah, once you give somebody else a, a chance here, well, applaud and, that, and, right? Yeah, you the know? thing is I, I totally missed and I was like, I tried. It's to not stupid, by the way. No, it, I know. It's not. It's not. I, I totally missed the the one the challenge that I love, which is every round, and I couldn't I couldn't get back in time for that, so I missed ah, that. So I okay. did let other people win that, so that's okay. All I right. So, so what's her name? What's her name? Amanda. Amanda. So Amanda beat you at the challenge challenge. Yeah. And and I'll probably have a picture I can show you. Of, we okay. did a co-picture. I th- you know what I think? I think we should get her on the show. Okay, we can do that. See if I can. I want to hear it from her. Maybe at the next AMA, which we've got to figure out when that is because it's getting tight on this calendar month. I don't know when we're going to be able to put it, but today we've got to figure that out. For Okay. okay? All right. Sounds good. All right. So the first story out of the gate, which is not really out of the gate because I just detoured us. The bizarre Americanness of prescription drug commercials. Before you'd heard of this thing called Ozempic, uh, Constant TV ads made sure you knew the Ozempic song. And it worked. Yeah, of course. It, it, got it totally them. worked. They did a great job of marketing. Oh, 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 Ozempic. Now, do you remember, you know, the, the original song that that's from, right? Oh, it's magic. But who who did it? Who did the original? Uh, it was a group oh, called oh, Pilot. 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 Okay. Yes. I didn't remember their name. Yeah. Uh, I, I would just say that uh, it could have been written the bizarre New Zealand-ish Ness of prescription drugs because it's just not America. It's New Zealand as well that allows for prescription drug commercials. Oh, speaking of New Zealand, Super Don, again, more calf pass of the mind. Squirrel. Yeah. Um, okay. Before, you know, I, I shared with you, I, <laughs> I did the, I did a live on Instagram on Friday, Friday evening. Uh, my daughter and her choir did the national anthem. National anthem. Yeah, I got to see that. And before that, you didn't see that it was senior night for her high school. Mm-hmm. And there were a, a couple of seniors and a couple of the coaches and, and parents of, of kids that go there are from New Zealand and they're, they're uh, Kiwi and Maori. And so they actually did a haka dance. You know, the haka dance. Really? I do. Yeah. Oh, so cool. It was, I didn't, I didn't get that on video, unfortunately, but we do have the national anthem. And if you don't mind, we can play it maybe 
at the bonus round because it's it's a oh beautiful rendition. I will have to locate yeah. it there and yeah, uh, yeah for by sure. the end of the show, it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Uh, cool. So anyway, the uh, the idea of uh, uh, prescribing drugs, of course, that's the uh, the mo of the pharmaceutical church with its uh, mystic leaders, the doctors that have licenses. They can write you on their magic pads a thing for Ozempic, for instance. And it's interesting, Ozempic, you know, it's a, it, it's a, a drug for what? Does anybody know what it's for, actually? I'm just, I just know what people are using it off-label for. It is a, a drug that was developed for diabetes. Right. And what they found after they had, uh, you know, got the, did the trials and, then, you know, and, and prescribed it, that it also... Mm-hmm. Uh, is it operates like an appetite suppressant, so it makes people not so hungry. Weight, it's an and, off-label weight loss drug, right? Exactly. And so, have you seen people with Ozempic face? I have. <laughs> yeah. I have. Now, listen. Do they lose weight? Absolutely, they do. You know, it's a funny thing. If you don't eat food, you lose weight. It just, yeah. it just kind of, it happens, right? Um, but the, it had people are developing something they call Ozempic face. Because for some reason it targets uh, the the weight the the fat in the face, mm-hmm. and so they end up looking like Ramses the yeah. Third after a while, and uh, Egyptian mummy yeah. wrink, wrinkles is I know it was a joke. Uh, no, anyway, it, it's accurate though. I, I uh, yeah, and then what happens is as soon as they stop taking it, for, well, here's the here's the 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 great part about it. It costs fourteen hundred bucks a month, mm-hmm. fourteen hundred dollars a month to be on this, and it's an injectable. But what happens is, you know, people will jump on you like, I want to lose weight. And then suddenly $1,400 a month is something they just can't seem to be uh, sustain. And so they stop using it and they gain all the weight back. How about just stop eating so effing much food? How much would that cost you? Yeah. Well, and and think about, you know, the targeting by the uh, pediatrics, the AAP, was it? Uh, American Academy of Pediatrics. Remember that story we covered? It just got me outraged and it, not a lot gets me outraged anymore. We're like, we want to target these obese children with intense drug therapy. And surgery. And yeah. 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 Bariatric surgeries. I'm like, just feed them organic, clean, 100% whole foods and watch what happens. Get them off of GMOs and pesticides and watch what happens. Speaking of following the science, which we're going to do with Hawk Jensen momentarily. So think about this industry that has a monopoly on treating disease in America and a lot of the West. And they still can't make enough money so that they have to advertise directly their products to customers that can't buy them, but have to go in and plead with their doctors. Hey, I saw this on a commercial. Please give me this drug. Think about that. You doctors suck. You can't prescribe enough drugs for your paymasters. So they're going over <laughs> around your head to tell the people. Well, and these these commercials, I mean, who doesn't want to take the drug where people are dancing around in the grass and there's butterflies flying by and bunnies are hopping by and people are having fun and all this stuff, you know. And they do all that so they can distract you from the long list of side effects that they're saying in the background. And yeah. somehow it's like it's some weird hypnotizing thing that goes on because it's like if you actually like like focus Mm-hmm. on all of the side effects that they're listing in these commercials. Yeah. It's like, why in the world would you want to even consider taking that drug? And remember, they all seem to have all these things, including cancer effects. and death. Side effects. <laughs> remember folks, side effects are direct effects that are not marketable at the moment. And if they could find a way to market the side effects, they'd become the direct effects and the former direct effects would become the side effects. Talk about following the science. 
You know, and the other thing with this Ozempic is that, you know, the people with diabetes that are like, hey, I'd like to get some of that Ozempic. The doctors can't find it because it's all being prescribed off label for weight loss and all the di- the diabetics aren't able to get a hold of the drug. Well, we're going to address diabetes later again. If you're new to the Robert Scott Bell Show, yes, we can reverse type 2 diabetes, not, not because we're lucky or you're lucky, but because we know why it exists. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But how impressive is it that a doctor takes the advice of their patients to, to prescribe drugs that they might not have prescribed if it hadn't been for those patients watching a commercial going in, Doc, I want this. Give it to me now. Sign me up. The entirety of the allopathic medical profession based on drug deficiency diseases and syndromes is not that impressive, folks. Granted, I acknowledge that it takes a lot of what do you call education or indoctrination to get the medical degree. But once you have it and you're primarily outside of surgical interventions for acute you know, traumas, bullet wounds and things, which is pretty fantastic. Outside of that, it's not an impressive field to prescribe toxic poisons to people who don't have deficiencies in toxic poisons. Oh yeah, we'll poison you back to health. That's not what we're going to call it. But you homeopaths? Oh, no, that's crazy quackery because your your medicine can't even kill anybody. If you remember that, some of the quack the quack quackery, what do they call them, the quackbusters? They their claim that homeopathy wasn't real because it couldn't kill you. And now the measurement of good medicine is that it can or that it does. The third leading cause of death, modern medicine, Western medicine, and I argue it's the first and second because it causes both cancer and heart disease, not necessarily in that order. The most dangerous thing you can have in America, what is it? Really good medical insurance. And I'll leave it there as we're joined for the first time. In fact, this is a significant number here. The first time this guy is on the Robert Scott Bell radio show, he's counted once. If he's on again, he's still counted that one time. And I've been at this as my 24th year broadcast healing on radio and now podcast as well and all what we do. And we've been, you know, counting up the hits. I think 1500 was a big milestone. We're already 200 over that. Hawk Jensen, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. You're number 1700 as far as guests that I've interviewed. And that only counts you once. Welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. And that's a, that's a good number. 17 followed by two zeros. I'm a fan. Totally. And and a name like Hawk Jensen, who wouldn't be a fan of you? That is so cool. And were you always in, uh, let's say, filmmaking, documentary filmmaking? We have you linked up because there's also the uh, followthescienceseries.com. We're going to talk with you about your series that's coming out. There's a pilot premiere in uh, April, April 19th in Orlando. I hope I can. Oh, hosted by Tom Woods, our buddy Tom Woods. That's awesome. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And you are just elevating by status. Even you're not even saying anything yet. <laughs> well, yeah, to answer your question. Yeah, I've been in film my entire life. I uh, got into it in my early 20s and I've never not been a filmmaker. I had a brief stint as a photojournalist. I actually covered the Good Friday Accords in 98 in uh, Belfast, North, North Ireland. But uh, yeah. that was photography based. And I segued into film from there. And I, I've been in, been in film ever since. I'm a lifelong storyteller. Well, were you always trapped in what we now have? come to realize is is a kind of a leftist socialist communist kind of group think in hollywood but was that not an issue before covid i don't know when that became part of maybe your, maybe your awareness as well well i mean hollywood's always had a left bent for sure and um but it was kind of a i mean it was sort of loose people were loosely aware of it i mean the 90s early 2000s people were aware of it 
um, and, and, and whatnot. I, I often make the joke that you have to check your brain as you enter the state of California, because it was very clear that there was a very specific way you were speak. You had to speak. It was sort of like there was a dialect you had to speak. If you're going to work in the film industry, there were, it was, uh, initially, I mean, you know, I, w I was relatively, I mean, I've always been interested in politics, but in terms of the, 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 the local politics and the nature of the industry, I, I didn't have family involved. I didn't have, um, I had some friends who were interested in also getting into the film industry, but we had I had to cut my own teeth, get up, uh, get, get into the trenches, make my way up through the. Uh, I didn't go to film school. I just started working on sets as a as a production assistant and made my way up. Um, you know, so I've had like 350 gigs ever since. But um, it's uh, it's you do learn that you have to. You know, I would just talk about things, and I would notice that there was that you know the silence that would come if you brought up the topics you weren't supposed to talk about. And I was a natural debater and contrarian, so I would bring up things just a you know devil's advocate just to have an interesting conversation at lunch and i noticed that there were certain groups that either you know certain crew member or or people that i worked with would stop talking and you know just they do not to talk about it or i noticed i wouldn't get hired back and you know i mean who knows what the variables were but i was generally a very reliable set worker uh when i when i started out so yeah you you pick up on it pretty quick that you're not supposed to talk, talk about certain things and yeah and, it, and it's you're right it's not like it wasn't known i mean there were certain controversies over the years of of people in hollywood that had a more conservative bent but yep. they could still some of them could succeed and be very high up in terms of their success and so it wasn't sure. a complete blacklisting and blackout until the covid thing hit and then suddenly it was like uh-uh if you don't believe what we believe you're done you're toast you're out of here and that's where we saw a lot of people you know leave california move to other uh areas of the the country texas florida tennessee were very popular sure. in other areas uh where it became a yeah, when cancel culture kind of became. It was like, oh, it finally broke into the mainstream. It, it was. It very much was. There were there were times in which I knew that I was being summarily dismissed from friend groups and work groups because I, you know, I I, I was doing documentaries. Of, at one point, I made a switch and I was in the mainstream, but I made a switch to make it work on documentaries and I was working on stuff that was about freedom. I was advocating for freedom of speech and freedom photographers' rights, artistic right, rights. Uh, working with stuff with a, a general classical liberal. Uh, theme to it. And, you know, I, I became aware that people were contacting people who were associated with me and saying, maybe you shouldn't associate with them anymore. Yeah. You're advocating for what? Freedom? You know, oh my gosh. We can't have you advocate for freedom, which as you point out, used to be uh, part and parcel to what we call liberalism. Of course, there used to be, as you used the term right before it, because you know, Tom Woods, classical liberalism, the history of the terms themselves, they're almost meaningless as they kind of reverse themselves. So people don't want you to have an ability to define terms. That way we can't communicate and we're lost. And then whoever rules us through fear or intimidation or confusion, yeah. uh, they make it up as they go. And you just are scrambling to figure out what anything means. Yeah. Yeah. The, the double talk. I mean, it's, it really is fascinating. You, when you are, I mean, I'm, I'm, I can speak, I can hang out with a conservative group, a liberal group, a libertarian group, and I can speak the language that everyone's speaking, yeah. but I know that, I mean, they're all using the same words. And sometimes I've had friends, I mean, two different people and they say words to each other. So they could be the same sentence with, mm. with same words. And I know that they mean them entirely differently. And it's a subtle, there's a subtlety to it. It's very hard to understand at first that the, mm. that people do use words very, very differently. And there's sort of an implied meaning. And, and as a, someone with an artistic bent, there was always this, people sort of assumed that I would be uh, at least a, a very set way of thinking. I have a much more diverse way of thinking. I was like, well, they're making a lot of assumptions and they were sort of telling me all their thoughts. I'm like, wow, they, boy, they just really they got that wrong. So wrong. yeah, there's sort of an arrogance to it where, where if you, if you are, if you're artistically inclined, you're going to think a certain way. And I was like, well, that's not quite how it is. And, and I, 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 I shared this the other day, um, on, um, uh, Clint Russell, the 
Liberty Lockdown, it was this idea of like the word cool. I think it's a great definition where I think cool, like a cool cat, like what is that? I mean, mm -hmm. someone, the type of person who's who is um, confident and brings an air uh, of acceptance and that when you're around that person, they bring out the best version of yeah, yourself. Yeah, easy to get along with, yeah. yeah right? But then when you're in sort of, shall we say, the elite, because sort of California scene, cool is, hey, you're going to be hanging out with us. You're going to be seeing us doing things that are questionable, probably unethical, maybe illegal. Are you cool enough never to say anything ever and, 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 cool and carry our, our, our yeah. water for us? Are you cool? You know, it's like... Huh. You know, you, you pick up on that stuff and you're like, ah, this is wow, this world's so different. And and before the internet, I mean, the internet wasn't in, wasn't really what it is now then. So you just had to know these things and kind of, you'd confide in a few friends, but you really had to sort of learn to navigate this sort of strange linguistical landscape yeah. that didn't make any sense. We're talking with Hawk Jensen here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. We also have his website, hawkjensen.com, and uh, follow the sciencesseries.com. We're getting into that in just a moment, but I am fascinated to talk with Hawk about the journey of language, like we're just kind of inadvertently stumbling upon because, uh, you know, being in broadcast media, you being in media and film, communication, it's like, how do we, through imagery, through words, et cetera, how do we communicate something that we hope that it is landing? And of course, it's all subject to interpretation. I get that. That's just the human experience. But in many ways, we actually had a common, let's say, ability to communicate if we spoke the same language, for instance, right? If we speak English. Now, there are varieties of UK English, British English, and American English. I get that. But for the most part, you had an assessment, an assumption that you could say, well, if we used a word, it pretty much meant what we assessed it to be. But there are so many diversions or divergent you know, definitions now that it's very difficult to communicate, particularly among those that you know, may be self-proclaimed or labeled as liberal or conservative. Democrat or Republican, and you could be in the same room with these people, as you've said, and I've found this to be true as well, and you witness the same thing in the same room at the same time, and you interpret it like you were in two different places and spaces and times. And for me, part of the journey that I feel is important, to, and maybe you have a sense of this as well, is how can we get those folks in the room together and talk about the fact that we are witnessing the same events so radically different so that we can find it, despite the perceptions being so radically that we are human, we are different, and our experiences that we brought to that moment, prejudices and or uh, preconceived notions or um, what is that what is that called when we have uh, confirmation biases, sure. that we can actually talk about that and go, oh, I thought it was because of this. I had no idea this is what happened to you that led you to believe this or the fact that we're being fed depending on the algorithms of the artificial intelligence and media, social media, we're being fed things to validate our worldview to com completely divide us further. So we're not on the same planet at all. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the advent of the fact that it's being, you can control, you know, Wikipedia, you can, you know, people can redefine anything they want. You can't, you can't go in and, and handle that. I mean, it's, it is a fascinating time with language because it used to be people, if you said something and you person didn't know what it was, they felt comfortable saying, Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what that uh, what that is. Please explain it to me. But now, if I say something that's new or different to somebody, and, and especially if they're like younger than 25, you can just see them like the the, the quick smartphone. No, everyone's terrified to ever admit they don't know something, and they'll quickly look it up, and they'll go to some basic site, and and they'll and they they, they want to pretend they know what it is instantaneously. Hmm. And whoever's controlling the definition online basically controls the language at this point. And I and wow. I feel that's become pretty obvious to everyone that that's how it's going. It's become very. 
Um, um, it's, it's, it's a controlled vernacular. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, and it's the power of story. I mean, there's a reason, I mean, it used to be the Bible was the most important thing or, or, or other holy books like that, where it was like the story that you would hear every weekend and kind of over and over and over and over again. And that was like, okay, that's the shared morality. That's the shared fabric that we're going to move forward with. With, te- with movie coming along 100 years ago and television 80 year, years ago, internet and then smartphones and YouTube in the last couple decades, you know, there's all these other stories that are repeated over and over and over and over again. And I mean, an easy example is Star Wars. There's an actual religion of Star Wars now yes. because people are watching it over and over and over and over and over again. And those people who watch it over, that becomes their shared vernacular. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when I, when I make things, I try to always very deliberately make pieces, define terms. You know, like, bring it up. You know, you, you don't assume anyone knows what you're talking about. You, you know, mm-hmm. If you're going to use a term, define the term as you're using it. Use it appropriately and then reinforce it over and over again. And ask people, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, compassion for me is really the ability to speak to someone in a way that they understand you, not trying to force yes. them to understand the way you mean it. So it's you really have to pay attention. And people really are nervous. They don't. They're terrified to admit when they don't know something. They'd rather say, uh, I mean, the simple lie of, did you see that movie? People very often, even if they didn't say, yeah, I saw that movie. And then the person will go into that whole story about the movie. Oh, did you like this part of that part? Well, yeah, just say no, no sorry, tell me about it. What was your impression of it? That writ yeah. large, you know, these weird inability to admit when you don't know something. There's some, it's, it's some sort of a phobia that people yeah. have of admitting. When Hawk, I, I want to encourage based on also what you're doing. I love that, that people would become the the documentarian, you know, within their mm. own life. And when they interact with people, ask questions, good mm. Lord, ask questions. Like, you know, yeah. what you said this, can you please explain what you mean by it? Don't assume you know what they mean right. by it. Just because in common vernacular term use, we knew that this meant this, but this person from their life and their life experience, you find out it means something completely different. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. And, then, that, and now that there's, you know, the, the, the great, Sort of the way the internet has sort of removed all the boundaries. You can access anything anywhere, and and also it, it's it's usurped that whole aspect of it. Used to be you'd go have an experience. You're physically with someone. You're communicating with them, but all of that body language is gone now. It's this weird. I mean, people can do it anonymously, or they're watching. They, they like I know the world because I saw a documentary on YouTube, so I know what's going on in this country. Were you there? Did you go there? Did you actually interact? Have the smells? See what it's like to have that one-on-one personal experience. If you haven't, it's not, it's a faux relationship. It's a faux mm-hmm. experience, but people think, ah, I've experienced it. And they have this, this, this ego about it now. That's, yeah. it's, it's very, it's hard to navigate. It's, it, it is a brave new world as a, <laughs> as I say. Yeah. And, 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 and the thing is that story and you we were talking about Hollywood. I mean, they know the power of high production value, repetition, and just getting the story just so because they know that if people watch it enough, that becomes reality. I mean, a, a film is a faux, it's a, it's a visible experience and an auditory experience that convinces us that we're having the experience. Intellectually, sure, we know it's not real. Emotionally, spiritually, I think our bodies don't know. And Weird. when you watch these things, it's as if you're having the experience. That emotion gets logged into your psyche as a real experience. And we're only just now, experience, I think, realizing the power of cinema and, and, and video. And, and, it's, and, and, it's, and it's to our detriment. I mean, the, it was sort of, again, the, the, the political leanings of a particular city out west 
in terms of entertainment and then I would say New York in terms of the mainstream narrative and, and news, they knew that and they've sort of dominated for a long time and it was sort of ignored by the other political persuasions. And it's 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 caught up with us in terms of this current kind of culture struggle we're in. And it's good to see the, the different uh, political persuasions, the conservative, libertarian, other groups really building their own. They're like, oh, we have to make our own. But it's still a long, far cry yeah. away from each other. And, and it's, it's gotten so extreme that I, I look forward to seeing it grow and grow. And I'm hoping to be part of that with my project with fall of the science yes and, and i want to i want to get to that in just a moment here sure. hawk and uh you know talking about how to bridge the so-called divide and i would call it an artificial divide a program divide is by getting together with one another outside of the faux reality yeah you know, yeah as yeah. much as it's wonderful to have this conversation and i do appreciate i've been doing this show for 20 you know it's my 24th year it still plays a role media does have a place to communicate teach and learn and entertain and engage yeah. but the question is uh, can we come back together after the fear of COVID that tried to divide and isolate us to the most extreme extent in my lifetime that I've ever seen? And I, 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 I think so. I mean, I mean, I, I was born mid seventies and so kind of was raised in, in the post like n- late 1968 into the 70s. And I always noticed that growing up, it seemed like no one really wanted to talk about what happened then. It was I always felt like there was this big cultural hangover. I mean, come the 80s, 90s, there was sort of the renaissance of like, oh, the 60s and the baby boomer generation experience. There was sort of like a a, um, a, re- a renaissance of appreciation for it. But I think that was a minor group of it. Most people just wanted to forget 1968. They wanted to forget what happened in the 60s and the late and the early 70s. All this experimentation, you know, a lot of weird things, you know, sort of a group, you know, was a tune in Tune in, turn on, drop out, or whatever whatever it was that um, that was popular at the time, Tim Leary, and you know where people were confused, and and then they wanted to sort of move on, and you really never got a sense growing up in the middle of that what happened, like what what was that? It just felt like everyone's like, yeah, we don't want it. That was an odd thing, and I and I feel like 2020. And I mean, sort of like the late, sort of the the, the, the Antifa BLM issue kind of start, starting a bifurcation and then right into COVID, it feels like we're right in the middle of this, it's larger and more uh, worldwide. And of course, because of the modern media, it's everywhere. But I feel like we're in our own cultural struggle that it's, no one really knew what to do with the internet. No one really knows what to do with when language breaks down. No one, no one's quite sure. We haven't had the dialogue. I mean, things like marijuana are now legal all over the country. And you know that's that's for each con- each state to decide to a certain degree. But what does that mean when you take that and like all of a sudden there's been no conversation about what does it mean when that enters mm-hmm. the, the society? I mean, just the point being is where's the conversation, the actual cultural debate and conversation about what happened? And I think conversation is key and being together in the space, conversing. You know, when it's not just waiting for your turn to speak. It's like someone says something and they inspire you to say the thing, and you they, you inspire them and you inspire them. A real artistic you know, um, awe-inspiring conversation really forms ideas and opinions. And I think we've lost that. And to yeah. your question, I think we can get back to it. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's possible, but we just have to get people to engage with each other and, and learn what conversations are. I mean, like defining words, defining mm-hmm. what it is to have a conversation. What is it to just, to really want to learn from others and be inspired to learn more? You know, oh, that makes me think of this. And and I think I think it's doable. I do think it's doable. I, I'm, I'm a... I'm a proud American. I, I, I think Americans, all of us have a, have an ability to get along that has never been before seen in history. And I think we can attain it. I think we can weather this, but it's going to take 
the right conversations, the right stories, and mm -hmm. and an ability to get together and, and have dialogue, return to dialogue. So I'm I'm optimistic, even though it is difficult times. So, I, I, so I, what I gather from this is Generation X to the rescue. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, we, we kind of skipped over. We got the boomers and the. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, the millennials the and post millennials, post -millennials and this little group of Xers in between. Going, you know what? Just rub some dirt in it. Let's talk. Let's get together. Let's get over it. Uh, we've sure. got a lot, a lot to do here. So let's let's dive into the uh, follow the science because that is as a meme, as a statement, is hmm. really meaningless as it's used by the so-called scientists that are sure. in charge that carry the the, the weight of uh, you know their authority or real, rather authoritarian. Uh, bent and desire, uh, where the Fauci's of the world and now Hotez's and others are, they defend science as if they are the personification yeah. of science. It's like, wow, egocentric much, just a little. Sure. And of course, engaging in the term of uh, it's uh, de defining science, de defining even scientific method, the science is settled. Is it ever really, you know, other than certain things that we said, well, we pretty much proved beyond a shadow of a doubt time and time again, and no one's ever able to figure out anything else. Here's pretty good. We can assess this. But to follow the science has been used as a, 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 a tool of, of um, discipline to beat people mm -hmm. in submission yeah. in a follow time when, when many of us, and I, you know, I said, I've been doing this, you know, since in the, in the uh, early nineties, became a homeopathic doctor. And I didn't know of homeopathic medicine up in my young life because I was raised in a pharmaceutical medical family and come to find out all that I learned about medicine in terms of treating disease as opposed to healing disease. I mean, I, I was lied to about so much and even by well-meaning doctors. And so I began a journey into something that opened me up to a whole world of my gosh, lies and deception, including what was called science, which really was more religion or cult than actually a method of discovery of the world around us and within us and all of that via methods that could be peer reviewed and, and duplicated, for instance, to sign So somehow find some level of objectivity in a subjective world. And yet many people who uh, claimed libertarianism as, as their, you know, political ideal, they've, they kind of had a blind spot to this. As I spoke to these groups about medicine, they're like, wait, what are you talking about? Of course, we don't trust the government, but come on, my doctor, the, the science out there on vaccines and everything. It's like, mm -hmm. are you kidding me? We were lied yeah. to about all of that. And yeah. they captured governments around the world to deceive us and to get us to be part of their religious belief, their cult-like devotion to a sacrament. Not a scientific endeavor. So I, I set that as the stage for you to introduce us to your documentary series that's still in development, an all-original COVID-19 docu-series called Follow the Science. Hawk, what's up? What are you doing? Yeah, well, um, early 2021, um, I actually got myself, I was in California there for 20 years and decided to get, uh, I was like, this is this is not good what's going on with the lockdowns. I, I, I Part of what, I've been making films about dissidents for 20 years, or for 10 years, uh, about uh, documentaries about uh, people who survived uh, collectivist regimes and closed societies and, and what it is to be someone who thinks for themselves, recognizes that an oppression is coming out on high from the state and what it is to get out. And so I've been learning from these people, they, you know, for former Soviet states and various um, socialist states all over the world. And uh, so it was one of these things where I discovered that, oh, there's this thing, there's, there's this very difficult to describe what is it when the oppression begins? And when the lockdowns came along, yes, there was a moment of, huh, there's a new virus, I wonder what's going to happen. 
But, uh, you know, maybe we should be concerned about this. But, yeah, this is going to be a major power grab. There's, there's nothing about this that isn't going to be uh, exploited to try and oppress the everyday uh, open society that we've become accustomed to. And I, I was concerned about that. So I got myself out of California and on the way eventually to New Hampshire where I grew up, but I got a phone call from a group of concerned filmmaking friends, colleagues, who said, hey, we, our spidey sense, our artistic sense, our, our, our logical sense tells us that something's not right. And I was like, well, I agree. And it's like, we are, film, we are filmmakers and storytellers. We need to start something right now to try and push back against this. And I'm like, all right, well, let's do that. But, but there's cancel culture, so we're all nervous to work on it. And all my colleagues work in the, in the Hollywood industry, and we thought, well, what are, how are we going to do this? So first and foremost, we entered, we started the Sound Mind Creative Group, which is an anonymous group. So everyone I work with, I'm the only one who went public, but they all work anonymously. And we started this project, and we're like, what are we going to call this thing? It's like, well, let's just sail it right into the controversy and call it Follow the Science. What is it to follow the science? As you said earlier, it become Follow the Dogma. We could tell the way it was used was telling us to, 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 to take leave of our senses and do what we were told. We were not going to do that, so we thought we would name it that. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll try and we'll attempt to rebrand it and take control of that term. And it, it was originally going to be a documentary, but expanded into a five-episode series. And, and uh, we've just finished the pilot of episode one. And we, we set about, and we, we actually created this group, and we raised the funds, and Tom Woods was our angel investor. He, he actually suggested the idea of this, one of our um, nice. producers is Love a... That. Is, is, a, is a fan and a listener, and he, and, and he was like, you know what, I listened to Tom, he suggested he do this. We suggested, we went to him and said, hey, we're, we're a group, we're on to do this, and he gave us our first 10,000. And we, per that effort, we raised an initial $300,000, and then we went on to raise another 150,000, and raising another 50 right now to finish it out for a half million dollars, so that we, just us, us artists and filmmakers are in total control, we're not making it for anybody else, we're making it because we wanna know what happened. We want to know what happened. We want to understand because so much happened so quickly and you weren't allowed to go back and ask anything. You weren't, yeah. you know, like, I mean, just these ventilators. Remember Are those? You, those yeah. are very important for about five weeks. Are, are, Never spoken of again. Huh. I wonder why that is. Don't ask that question, but we're going to. Hawk, are, you, are you so, allowed to engage? This is a question because I bring this up not for my sake personally, but for many of, of my colleagues that are naturopaths and homeopaths and herbalists mm. that have been right the entire time and have been right for decades. Things sure. we've been saying have been warning people and, and these experts, the like, body, yeah. how could we have known? The doctors that are waking up right now, Hawk, how could we have known? Like, we've been telling you for decades yeah. that you've been yeah. deceived. And well, I would say this, the, 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 the corruptive, I mean, I, I think the Institute of Medicine I, there was suspicion that it was corrupt, but I think, and, and there were those who knew it was corrupt, and especially since all the money comes from the CDC and everything has to kowtow to it. And there were those who knew it was corrupt, but I think you were saying earlier, I mean, there's just a natural instinct that, you know, the doctor is the demigod. They're the bringer of life. They're the preserver of life. And so there's this instinct to trust them, even though the, the actual apparatus of medicine got so far off the reservation or so far off the, uh, where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. um, to, uh, in terms of it, it being service to the people and helping the people and doing yeah. what it's supposed to do, that it's it's the corruption. People didn't want to believe the corruption was right there in front of them. Right. And we decided to look at that corruption and look at medicine and look at science. And, mm -hmm. you know, and as you said, like science is not this institution that you go to an arbiters of truth with some sort of um, um, you know, palace priest who tells you what it is. It's a journey. It's a journey of discovery of truth that's for, that, that's constantly self-correcting, yeah. looking for itself. Like as soon as something gets put out there, you're supposed to ask questions. You're supposed to, I mean, 
attack it and say like, it, like is it will this yeah. hold water is yeah, it a not only does it hold up to the yeah. peer review but all of that got corrupted to the point yeah. that it really was meaningless and i put it on 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 the institutes of medicine and science like where they like, well it's peer reviewed does peer reviewed really mean anything anymore i mean how do we know that it's, a, it's no longer it's, a corrupt process i mean they have to prove that they're worthy of the trust and we wanted to do a show about that and so the pilot itself so we were releasing so lockdown so it's um, follow the science Lockdowns go viral. That's the name of the pilot. And we we have featured, we're basically looking at January 2020 to October 2020. And, and in part of that, we're looking at the Great Barrington Declaration because we featured Dr. Jay Bhattacharya as it was one of our main scientific voices. And we look at that process, but we have a whole series of characters where we have an actual hero's journey. We have a, an actor named Clifton Duncan who serves as our sort of main host. He's a Broadway actor who who, who, who got kicked out because he's, he refused the jab. And, um, and we, we brought in all these different characters to show you know, what it is to have gone through this. What is it to ask questions? What is it to be simply curious? Because yeah. curiosity is the basis of science because that's Good the basis science, of the necessary but, aspect. Yeah. And, 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 and that, and, and, and that's the fundamental part of freedom of speech. So I, as a, as a freedom of speech advocate was like, I have to, I have to make this show. And I'm, I'm basically in a time warp. I'm still in 2020. I'm hyper-focused on that because we wanted to establish the characters, mm -hmm. establish what happened. Why did we all just roll over on our rights so readily? It's a good thing to watch and look at, you know, the flattening yeah. the curve, the, you know, hospitals, you know, the, the saving the hospitals so they don't get overwhelmed. And yet there was this mission drift with no real description and these things that came along and like, oh, yeah, essential versus non-essential. And they just all got foisted upon us. No discussion, no real guidance. Yeah. Know, the, the politicians were all over the place. So we, we were rebuilding it. We're reconstituting it. We want to see a retrospective of what worked, what didn't work, what was the order it came out and 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 just be able to see what we experienced because we were just never able to look back. It's right. I mean, right now it's just, now we're talking about balloons over the, the Midwest and you know, what occurred. So we, so it's the, it's the quintessential retrospective. So we can, we don't want to repeat history. We want to know what happened. So we Let's take a look talk if you don't want in an entertaining way. And we have amazing cartoons and animations and scientists and all this stuff. So we're trying hawk, to bring that cinematic dude, experience. Dude, hawk, 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 pause. Take a breath. Take a I'm breath. A talk. Yeah, you are a talk. I'm like, I got, we got to have a conversation here okay, and sure. I want to show your trailer a couple mm -hmm. of minutes to kind of get all the words yeah, that you're trying to communicate, maybe give a, a visual sense. Y'all can see it and hear it. What this docuseries is all about. Follow the science. Super Don hit it. We should take a closer look at these lockdown policies. What does a lockdown actually mean? It is not the goal to avoid exposure to the virus. It's March 2020. Social distancing has become a new part of our language. It was, we have to flatten the curve. It spread it out more over time so that hospitals would not be overwhelmed. How's that curve coming along? And they're like, no new cases. That's the new metric. And we're all afraid to say anything because if we say anything, then that means we want to kill people. Lockdowns will continue. Never in the history of the West have healthy people been kept from assembly and economic activity. We're not going to be able to keep everybody locked in a bunker. You have a stake in this. Destruction of livelihoods, suspension of medical care for other conditions. Impact on children, pulling them out of school for more than a year. Some places you weren't allowed to go outside. We saw the highest rise in teen suicide in the history of the United States. You know, the more I think about it, the collateral damage was almost 
worse than the pandemic. Science is not a building or an institution. Science is a process. Follow the science became a facade, hiding, follow the dogma. If we don't get away from the censorship of ideas that you don't agree with, science is going to die. Join us as we lock down the science on lockdowns. Honey, don't you have homework? I went viral! Dude. Oh, man. Hawk, the production <laughs> values are off the charts. Awesome. I have to say, Thank you, sir. being an observer of, of media, but... Uh, the messaging, I think, is very, very good, important, well done, and a mix of uh, documentary and you said uh, hired uh, uh, talent. In, in yeah, yeah. So, so, so we call it a, so it's basically a hybrid. We have we have yeah. scripted scenes and then sort of talking head documentary style and then animations and you name I it. I like the integration of the two. I think it's a powerful uh, uh, new way to kind of bring that uh, message that hasn't gotten through about what we've been through out there. Power so, cinema, yeah. Yeah. Good job, Hawk. Very impressive. Uh, so, what is the status of the project? Is it something that you're looking for other people to help kick in or, or actually do things? Tell me what, what's the status right now? Sure. Yeah, we, we are, you know, it's, it, it, as you said, it's, it's a very ambitious project. We brought in a lot of aspects. We, we've raised, a, a, we raised $450,000 so far, and we're looking to raise that final 50000 to pay for this, this final push. We're, we're, we're in, the, in the final throes of doing the animations and getting it all edited together perfectly. And we're, we're having our big uh, Orlando premiere on uh, April 19th with Tom Woods. Um, so that'll be really exciting. And we're, yeah, we'd, we'd love to find uh, additional new supporters for it. Uh, we're, we're looking to finish this thing because we want something that allows people, as we talked about, as we go through it, we define terms. This is, you know, here's the moment that occurred. Here's the type of science that occurred. Here's the definition of that science. And I, I said this to Tom Woods on, on his, his podcast last month about he can watch this and I, I have six nephews, so I'm making it very specifically for that. That's part of my target demographic, and they're age nine to the 14. And like they can watch it, and then Tom and these kids could get together and have an informed scientific conversation about exactly what occurred, and and do so utilizing the terminology correctly. We want to, we want to define the terms, we want to define what happened, and it's it's nearly finished, and it's been a, a I've been working on almost two years now. We've been working. I mean, we we did all this during the lockdowns. We were we were really working hard and realizing that this was going to be needed we needed a platform to to start the conversation to 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 allow for a shared vernacular so the conversation could happen and we have these multiple characters so we have clifton as a host we have this fellow nick hudson who's the chairman of panda which is this amazing group of scientists and doctors and and concerned uh denizens of this planet in the southern hemisphere he's in south africa and sydney watson is a youtuber there are three main hosts One's in charge of the narrative, one's in charge of the science communication, and then Clifton's in charge of the human human interest. We have all kinds of human interest stories. Mm -hmm. And so that they all learn from that. And at the end of the show, the three of them sit down and have a conversation about their three worlds because we want to bring those three different data points. So that way people, yeah. if you want to navigate 
you need three da- three points to navigate sure. by. And we thought that's a great way to do it and have them c- have the conversation. So as we move through the series, we'll go into masks, origins of the virus, um, you know, the vaccine, whatnot. Everything will happen as we move through the, the series, but it'll be more and more conversational where people are talking to each other and having this conversation and knowing. And we also have this, this storyline of the called the epiphany. What is it to change your mind? You have a way of thinking things are presented to you by somebody and it's like oh i hadn't thought of it that way and right. what is the click over and and actually experience what is the change your mind so we very much are trying to accomplish that in the pilot so obviously we're doing quite a bit but we realize that all these are skills mm-hmm. that have fallen by the wayside so this show follow the science in this episode this pilot episode lockdown skill viral is our is our, our our attempt to start all that it's the beginning of a new show a new idea and we hope if people are inspired by it throw a few dollars our way we we will spend them very wisely and stretch them as far as possible to attain the production value you mentioned cinema yeah. you, know, you know cinema and, and it's all about world building i consider mm-hmm. this a project to be world rebuilding mm-hmm. and trying to create that cinematic thing where people you know mm-hmm. they suspend their disbelief they they, they project into it and it's like mm-hmm. you're going back in time and like oh yeah and when I show it to people, the test audiences, you know, it's usually nice when people are like, oh, I like the color, I like that scene, that was a funny joke, and, and we have a whole litany of like, you know, heavy emotion and humor. Everybody, as soon as it's done, they're done watching the test screening, they just turn and just start saying, oh, my experience was this. That all those things that everyone wanted to talk about but were afraid to come right back up. Yeah. And that means it's working, and that's what we need. Because everyone, this was a worldwide experience. Everyone experienced something with the lockdowns. I mean, yes, there was some sort of virus out there that needed to be dealt with, but the lockdowns were enormous, well beyond the needs of, of, of the medical need, which I'm sure you talk about often. And, and, it's, uh, and people realized it. They saw it, but they were scared to say it. So, so we, we, we show this in a way that we, we bring people in. And, and the target audience really is a general audience, you know, right of center, left of center. Yeah. We're, we're not, we're not coming hard hitting with like, oh, here's this and you're wrong and pointing fingers. We're like, no, it's, we're, what is it to have a rational conversation with good people and you, we ease into it and you buy mm-hmm. into the characters, you buy into the storyline. And then we kind of get into, well, then this happened and it got difficult and we weren't allowed to talk about it. It got presented as a binary lockdown or do nothing. And that was not the case. There were lots of options. It's not life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also when you talk about options, you know, in in a monopoly, if you're a freedom person, you recognize that in monopoly, you have no innovation. You have suppression of innovation. Mm -hmm. You have uh, inefficiency. You have Mm -hmm. costs that go up. Everything that is not what you would want would happen unless you're benefiting and profiting from the monopoly, which we've seen in terms of medicine. And that's why I bring this up as a seed just to plant for somebody out there to actually engage and bring all the the folks that were right, that were denigrated and ostracized because they weren't part of the in crowd in science and medicine that had been right. Arguably, we can go back centuries. These historical uses of plants from the creator have been more efficient at preventing and treating and all of that, yet completely disastrously denigrated and called quackery for one or other things. And yet that has not been addressed in all of these awarenesses that are happening, you know, to the expansion of consciousness that still is left on the table. It's like, well, how did we treat the people that were right? Not just the doctors that spoke out finally and realized how trapped they were in their own system, but the people that were trying to warn them. And I think that's a story or many stories yet to be told as well. I just throw that out for you because you're extraordinarily talented in storytelling what you're doing. I'm very impressed. I can't wait to see it. 
and uh, help help you promote it because I think it's overall going to be a, a a big plus factor in bringing I think people back together to converse just like we've had a great well partly a great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and I and I wanted something that's germane to the conversation. Twenty years, fifty years, like I want you know, this should be good for people and their families to sit down to start that dialogue that broke them. But like twenty years from now, when he, our kids' kids are showing, like, what happened then? Like, you know, just like I talked about with the seventies, like, what happened back then? What, what's this weird cultural hangover? Hopefully, this is just a memory of a cultural hangover. But we wanted something that was just fair to what occurred to the everyday average American experience yeah. and 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 what it did to our dialogue and what it did to conversation so that we know that that's a very important thing to maintain and and we hope that this show is a platform for that and and we're and and we hope these characters you know you you, you be you become emotionally engaged in it you'll be curious about Nick Hudson and, and all of his works in the southern hemisphere Clifton Duncan is doing wonderful work he's now a, a major fi fixture on Twitter uh, Sydney Watson's a major youtuber so there are all these people who are in it and then the voices, Jay Bhattacharya, he's on the rise. People know who he is, certainly. Mm -hmm. and, and then Dr. David Katz, who's coming from, you know, he's a he, he's a syndicated columnist, appears in the New York Times, a chronic disease specialist. And he himself, but he's he saw the science and he's like, yeah, I, it's gotten too political and there's been trust. And I, 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 it's not about the politics. The science is eroded. And, you know, we mm -hmm. have a broad coalition of different, diverse people, diverse way of thinking, um, talking about this because they could see the erosion of trust. They could see the erosion of dialogue and they wanted to come together and do this. So we hope we really capture that and we capture that, you know, and, and ultimately I just want to move that little meat. You know, mm -hmm. I was a one degree. I just want to move the dialogue at least yeah. a little bit. Actually, some had the analog needles, right? So, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I still really believe in this country, and I still really believe in what it is to be American and the American spirit. And everyone working on this is part of that. We're all artists. We're all expressing ourselves, and this was this is us doing what we needed to do in the face of the lockdowns and 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 this this uh, very strange couple of years we've all been through. It's yeah. been very trying for all of us. Hawk Jensen, follow the science series .com. Y'all saw the trailer. Share it. This is profound. Well done, Hawk. And uh, I look forward again. The moment it's available, please let us know so I can let the world know and plug in. If I can't be there in Orlando at that event where you premiere it, wherever it can be. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And, and to your listeners, I really appreciate your time. All right, Hawk. Thanks so much. Appreciate that. Again, there are so many people doing such great work and not all of them are as awesome as, you know, the film I could see the filmmaking capacity of Hawk there. It's pretty impressive to say the least. Uh, but however it's done, and I think everybody, and I know I I feel this with everything that I am, that everybody has a story to tell. Some people don't think they do, but everybody has a story to tell, even if it's to one person or it's to your cat or dog or your parent, whatever. Tell your story. And this is how we make things better. For those of you that desire to make things better, especially as Hawk also talked about for the next generation, kids, nieces, nephews, grandparents, granddaughters, grandsons, that kind of thing. It isn't by hiding from our story. It's by communicating it. And then asking questions about even if they're not willing to ask you questions about your story, ask them questions about what they heard you say when you told your story. And you'll learn a lot that way too. And they will as well. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to discuss that with Hawk today and uh, be made aware of this new docuseries coming out. Very cool. Super D, again, the theme is happening here. More folks. And and I, I mentioned, you know, funny, the Gen X thing, you know, that. Yes. I think like, we've been the forgotten, <laughs> the forgotten generation. Yes. How we observed that these transformations, we weren't totally already there. Like, you know, our kids and their kids uh, yet 
you know, we're somehow transitioning and navigating it and figuring it out and going, I think they overlooked us. And, and again, not from an ego perspective, just from what do we have? Maybe we just were like, you know what? We, to we, be honest with you, listen, the whole idea of, of Gen X being forgotten, I didn't even, I, it wasn't until somebody told me that. And then I was like, oh, I, yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. Cause I don't care, you know, but I mean, it's just like, uh, it's true. It's yeah. like, everybody just jumps right over us. Like, you know, but I don't we know. We, it wasn't like we were seeking the, you know, we we're just not having a good time. No. Yeah. We're raised in a very unique time in history. And at the same time, I think there's a lot to to offer there in terms of what you know Hawk is doing with his docu series and others. Absolutely. And this is not to denigrate baby boomers or Gen Xers or Gen Yers or Gen Zers. Honestly, know? there are opportunities for people in in our generation to make that bridge that that yeah. uh, I think is necessary between. I know, and boomers hate being called yeah. boomers, but you know, it's just I don't know what else to call them. But right. uh, <laughs> make that bridge, right? You know, between the two, and just go, oh, hey, come on, guys, we can all get along. Think about, well, the boomers that grew up when smoking was still considered therapeutic. Ah, yes. Yeah. I mean, the Brownstone. Nine out of 10 doctors recommend Chesterfields. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. Think about (laughs) all of the disinformation and misinformation that was foisted successfully on the consciousness of of the West, particularly, you know, in America where we were growing up. uh, And we bought into it. And we still, even as they make one mistake after another and are called out, like, you guys said cancer wasn't a part of smoking and then you finally admit it and yet they're still considered the experts that's the thing that i i I sort of if i was to say frustrated i will take a dose of argentum nitricum because that's the homeopathic remedy for frustration but it is a little bit like how do you guys still keep going back to the same people that screwed up time and time and time (laughs) and time again and still will claim that there's no cure for cancer and yet i've witnessed hundreds of them you know, and these are the people that are still considered the experts. And this is where I still think we're falling down. We're not really achieving that direct link or connection to what real science is, that it isn't a narrow box uh, defined or made or constructed by a pharmaceutical industrial complex or, you know, cult, if you will. And that still strongly holds sway and grips the American psyche and consciousness. And, and so I, you know, I continue to work on that to my, the best of my ability not to the denigration of hey, 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 hey. How about we how about we go to Brideon? What do you say? Brideon. Hey, Brideon. Here we go. <laughs> That's right. Hour 2. Our Hey, we remembered this time sort of. Welcome. You did, Super D. I'm just on okay. a roll. I'm on a tear. Talking about what you missed in the first hour, you guys are going to have to rewind and go back. We had a great great discussion with Hawk Jensen about a new docu-series Follow the Science and uh, this hour we're going to talk more about well, a whole lot of things. Uh, and it's just, as far as I know, you, me, and Super D, I reached out to Mike so, Adams. He's still do, working on the, uh, his, he's uh, busy. Yeah. Media. He's a busy guy. He's a but busy I wanna, guy, but I talk about red luft balloons or something. Uh, let's talk. Well, or maybe UFOs. Yeah, no, absolutely. We right. Talk about that. Yeah. So, uh, UFOs. Can we do it? Yeah, we can, we can do that. And also, uh, high cost of diabetes drugs. The fact that you don't need them, if you know what to do, we'll tell you what to do. If you're not aware of that. Uh, why are young people dying of heart attacks after COVID? Is it COVID or something else? And the Keonol Reeves molecule that can kill the fungus. After this, the power to heal is yours.
I just wanted to make sure we address this from the White House. I know there have been questions and, and concerns about this, but there is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Again, there is no indication of aliens or terrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Wanted to make sure that the American people knew that, all of you knew that, uh, and it was important for us to say that from here because we've been hearing a lot about it. Um, I, I, I'm not... <laughs> Would you tell us? I, I'm just, you know, I loved E.T., the movie, but I'm, I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, My understanding is that uh, the top officials of the Pentagon, when asked explicitly if uh, they were ruling out any kind of extraterrestrial presence, said they weren't ruling anything out. And yet at the beginning of today's briefing, albeit with her usual winning smile, uh, Ms. Jean-Pierre <laughs> seemed to rule out any extraterrestrial activity. I don't think the American people need to worry about aliens with respect to these craft, period. I don't think there's any more that needs to be said there. It's fascinating that they're even talking about this and addressing it this way because the denial itself brings consciousness and focus and attention on something that they want you to pay attention to for some reason. I wonder what that might be. That's part of what I want to talk to you all about today on the second hour of the Robert Scott Bell Show simulcast through our friends at Brideon.tv. Welcome, robertscottbell.com. Sign up for the newsletter by coming on over to the website or just texting RSB, my initials, RSB to 22828. That's as simple as it gets. And you'll be plugged into a lot of uh, amazing upcoming events where we can get together and do some wonderful healing work and online events as well. In addition to our broadcast, two hours a day, six days a week. Thank you all for being here. Uh, balloons. I, I, you, obviously, they're making a little tongue-in-cheek and chuckling about it, but at the same time, talking about it. And, and one of the reporters there at the White House referenced the Pentagon talking about and not ruling things out. It's like, all right, when it gets to that level of discussion, and of course, there have been decades and decades and decades and decades of controversy surrounding unidentified flying objects uh, or what are they, whatever they're uh, calling them now. Just because it's unidentified and it's a flying object doesn't mean it's necessarily alien technology. And what those aliens are, I would hazard a guess that if they exist, and I know there's controversy about what people believe about them, but can we agree whether they're real or not, they didn't get here by balloon? Is, is that fair to at least say that? If they, okay, maybe somebody will say, well, yeah, the balloon uh, spherical spheroid technology allows them to travel between dimensions. So maybe it was a balloon. Oh, who am I to say? But in a sense, if you're thinking they're traveling across vast areas of space, uh, that becomes a little bit difficult to imagine in terms of the, uh, the space-time continuum by a balloon. I'm just saying. It's just a little bit hard to, to grasp. Super Don might have a better explanation for that than I would. Uh, but the balloon theory, I think, is a little off as far as... It, yeah, it, it doesn't sound right. But, you know, maybe there's more to it than what we know. You know, we only know so much as humans, right? How could we, how could we understand uh, alien, uh, you know, technology? I think the Chinese balloon, they've already said that it's theirs, so I think we don't have to worry about that. But the, you know, here's the interesting thing. Mm -hmm. And and Mike Adams uh, put out a, an article uh, today. Yeah. Or actually, actually, it was over the weekend about the UFOs. Because I think in the last just like two or three days, they've shot like four things out of the sky. Yeah. It's really it's really weird. Now, we, we know about the balloon because that was all last week and all that stuff. And we've seen pictures of it. And we saw them shoot it and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But... Um, 
these other things that got shot down. There was, I think one was in Canada. The other one was like over Lake Huron. Uh, these things, they don't know what they are. They, they weren't like the, the, the Chinese balloon. Um, one of them was not round like a balloon. It was more like a cylinder. Mm-hmm. Uh, they couldn't detect anything on there that had any kind of form of propulsion. Uh, and it wasn't really, it, it was just kind of stationary. Um, but they were, they, they shot it out of the sky anyway. Uh, and so there's a lot of questions that haven't been answered. And a lot of people that are asking for answers and as usual, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the, the, the government, the, the defense department, uh, they don't just run out and just start going blah, 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 blah. You know, they're not answering any questions, which is causing people to get more and more frustrated, more and more people demanding answers. I it's it's dude it's just a weird thing mm-hmm. that all of a sudden and I say all of a sudden but over the last just very short few years here mm-hmm. uh there's been this new renewed focus on UFOs you know it kind of went away for a long time it was just kind of like oh that's stuff they make movies about and whatever but then you know videos started surfacing from not not from somebody with a really grainy camera in their backyard shooting something through a tree, you know, which is what most of those UFO videos were, uh, right in there next to Loch Ness Monster videos, right? Mm-hmm. But but from military jets, where they were taking, like, gun camera pictures and stuff of these things that were doing stuff that didn't make any sense, and they couldn't figure out why or how the stuff was moving the way it was, to now, now we're seeing, now we're seeing stuff floating around in the sky, um, I don't know what to think about it. I'm fascinated by it, and I know there are some people that have different theories. You know, it's like, oh, it's a distraction from the the economy collapsing or something, which you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, come on, just doesn't that doesn't even make any sense. How does that you know? make sense? That could be one of the possibilities. Because guess what? When the balloon is gone, the economy is still there. It's not like like some major event is happening today while there's a balloon in the sky. You know, oh, and yeah. as soon as as soon as people stop looking at the balloon, everybody we're now living in the Stone Age because the economy collapsed. Yeah, you know, nothing changed from yesterday to today as far as the economy goes, except the deficit went up a little bit. You know, I mean. You know, come on. What's an economy? Super. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about this? Well, all right. Here's Super D. Here's my sense of it. And there are a number of thoughts that I have. But the first one comes to mind is in, uh, let's say, a reinvigoration of powerlessness. What do I mean by that? There are certain stories and certain, um, let's say, fears or beliefs when we talk about an alien invasion, whether it be from below the earth in caverns or from another planet or from another dimension that make you feel so small and helpless and powerless that you will look to centralized bureaucracies and armies and governments, you know, for the sake of save me, protect me, right? That's one of the memes that I see that can play out. I'm not saying it's going to play out for everybody. Well, that would only work if it was, if, if they played out the we're being invaded by aliens type scenario okay there have been scenarios foisted upon us including the the most infamous one in the 20th century the war of the world's hul's radio presentation that created such a fervor that some people in fact did believe it was really happening and and there were people that died from it and even suicide but you know I, I just got to say about the war of the worlds thing, you yeah. know, cause I I've talked about this. I think we both, you and I have talked about this and it's, yeah. it's amazing to see how at one time 
a guy could get on a radio yes. and say, the aliens are here. We're being attacked by aliens. And people were just went nuts, mm-hmm. lost their mind, jumping out of windows and panic in the streets. Now, today, we get video from military jets mm-hmm. of unidentified flying objects flying around in the sky and doing things that, they, that according to our understanding of physics, yeah. cannot be done, disappearing into the ocean and all this kind of stuff like that. And what, what, what are people's reactions? I wonder what's on Duck Dynasty tonight. Yeah, we've been desensitized right? to a lot of it. I agree. At the same time, the technology is to the point where we are aware that they can create from thin air imagery that we see with our eyes, hear with our ears. Whether And I mean beyond just like on a screen, like we'll see somebody's video that was made, whether it be AI, deepfakes, etc. The technology is there to create the imagery that is so powerful that it can be burned into your... Con- it's like, I saw that it was out in the air. It was out there. It wasn't on a screen that could cause another scenario, potentially, uh, like a War of the Worlds thing, a belief that's much more elaborate than communication through a radio when there wasn't a lot of TV or any at all at that sa- at that time. Now, my default setting, you know, you know, is freedom, but also my default setting is sort of like uh, George Carlin. I don't believe anything the government tells me unless I can independently validate and verify it. And and we also know that they're not beyond conjuring things for their own benefit or entities to use governments to conjure things for their own benefit like COVID or the fear of COVID and all of the lockdowns. The true story is minuscule, blown up into a global phenomenon that caused lockdowns in ways that never before if you ask an american no would the Ameri- would the government ever be able to just shut down the economy tell everybody stay home and people would do it people would say no that's ridiculous that's ridiculous but i've said the vulnerability we had going you know throughout my journey in, in broadcast media since i learned about the germ theory and terrain and all that that our vulnerability is a very real primordial fear of germs that has been made worse by the allopathic medical monopoly and the germ theory that they foist on us, whether we know there's a germ theory or not. We're afraid of the invisible, and we've we've given over godlike powers, demigodlike powers to these doctors and scientists in our governmental institutions and non-governmental institutions, so that a significant portion of the global population believe it when Gates or Fauci or Hotez or these other people, Walensky, come out and say things or a president says things. So much so that even those that are worshipful of Trump, you know, well, Trump said it was real, so it had to be real, right? And I caution anybody uh, to worship another human being in this way, even if you like Trump or Biden, or I don't mean to make it about Trump because everybody goes crazy one way or the other. That's not what I'm talking about. Just as an example, that we imbue people with certain powers that they don't actually have that are, uh, you know, well beyond the things that they do have skill sets that they have, knowledge that they have, et cetera. But we say, if that person says it, it's credible. And I recognize for those that have followed this show, been part of the Robert Scott Bell show. If I say something, it probably carries weight with you, many of you. But I don't want you to have it carry that weight just because I say it, even though I have a good track record. We haven't often had to come on and go, oops, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Or oops, I lied to you, right? Thankfully, that's not been you know part of our journey. But at the same time, I would encourage everybody to investigate deeply even what you feel about these so-called UFO proclamations. 
whether they're real, imaginary, or some form of technology that we developed or we borrowed from something that crashed in 1940, what, seven in Roswell, New Mexico. I've interviewed people long before I've had this show and talked with them about their eyewitness experiences on Navy ships witnessing craft that could go at the speed of sound or faster into the ocean without blowing up, exploding, imploding, et cetera, and come right out again. Things that don't make sense in terms of the technology we have been told exists today. Do I have an absolute definitive explanation for, is it alien? Is it not? No. Does it, does it, uh, like Super Don had pointed out, like when people hear about this now, they kind of go, okay, well, what's for lunch, right? Or pass the coffee or whatever, that we become desensitized through Hollywood, et cetera. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't want people to panic. At the same time, I would ask that, you utilize your powers of discernment to recognize that most of what you're told by government and Hollywood media are all out lies and deceptions. Now, some in the name of just engaging entertainment, but more nefariously to program your mind and your belief system to expect or be ready for something to occur that they're prepping you to have happen. And then they want to program also your response. And as I look at these disempowering events, potentially, and say, all right, there are things that I don't have genuine power over at all in my life. I mean, I can't control our foreign policy with regards to Ukraine and Russia or China. I, I, I don't, I'm not delusional. So what can I do in, in such cases? What, what can I do? And I, for me, it really drives me deeper into my spiritual connection to the source of all wisdom and all healing and all existence. And that is my relationship with God or whatever you perceive it to be. Now, that's a personal relationship, as is yours, even if you tend to say I'm part of this religion or this, you know, outside of that or inside of that. It's still an individual relationship, personal relationship. And I try to encourage you to strengthen that relationship, whatever that is, so that when all of the distractions out here yell and scream and try to get you away from that relationship happen, you don't you don't abandon that which gives you access to the actual truth that may not be coming from Harvard or Princeton or Yale, for instance, or any institution or anybody with a degree. You have access to that. How you practice that presence, how you practice that communication, that's, you know, that's everybody's got a different angle and take on that. One of the stories I wanted to cover today, and oh, I think DJ Katie brings it up, the Ohio train wreck outside of East Palestine or Palestine, Ohio. I don't know if they pronounce it Palestine or Palestine there, but uh, a, d a devastating environmental disaster if there ever was one. And I was just interviewed, I think it'll air tomorrow night with uh, Gareth Ike uh, on his show out of the United Kingdom. And we talked a little bit about this. And I, and I pointed out that you have an environmental disaster. Look at this. We basically nuked the town. This headline's reading, animals dying in Ohio after train derailment and controlled release of toxic chemicals. Uh, I called a friend that's within that zone. And yes, indeed, there are animals, fish, things, birds dying. And they say somehow, well, it's not toxic to humans. Well, it's just humans are larger. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing. It's not no, toxic to humans? Yeah, Somebody they, actually said that? Yes. Th 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 these are the kind of stories that are happening <laughs> on the local. Because I was asking about that. What's happening with the local media? What are they saying? They're saying, oh, don't worry. Yes, it's a problem, but the, it's just, you know, the birds, right? And, and, and the, but. Oh, I, so it's I, only toxic to birds, not to pe people. And fish, of course, but not to.
Oh, oh, well, of course, and maybe fish, dogs yes. and cats, but not to, you know. It's absurd the statements that are being made, and and I'm and I'm asking the question, Super D, where are the environmentalists? Where are the Earth muffins that are all about save the planet? Right? Nothing. I, I hear little or nothing about it, except that well, maybe there's an explanation that those environmentalists are phony, they're frauds, and they're only concerned about centralized bureaucracies, controls, collectivism, socialism, communism. When it re- can they relate this story to global warming? Can they relate the story to climate change? If not, then it's not an environmental story that they're concerned with. And I and I look at that. I'm like, how devastating is vinyl chloride, butyl acrylate, ethyl acrylate, acrylate, ethylene glycol, monobutyl? I mean, these are some that they acknowledge. I sent you, uh, 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 I got a PDF of an actual letter sent to uh, Norfolk Southern, the, the railroad, from the EPA about this disaster and who's responsible for it, who's going to pay for it, what the EPA will do. And you find within that, uh, letter, the EPA is still a captured agency, just as the FDA is, not engaged in protecting the environment, but protecting the polluters in many cases. And then we get into government interventions, like how regulated are the railways? And how well did that go? As there were people within the rail uh, uh, you know, system, employees, people that are on the ground there saying, hey, there's some things the EPA is not doing that sh- it should do. The government is not doing that it should do, and they were ignored that also maybe have contributed to this disaster. So the very government intervention that would say protect the environment has facilitated an environmental disaster, you know, almost, I don't know if it's to the level, no, it's not to the level at this moment of Bhopal, India, if you remember that from many decades ago. But there was also a movie that was filmed there and locals were used as extras based on a novel that was written about the disaster in Bhopal, India, if it happened in a place like Palestine, Ohio fascinating super don i don't know all the relations and why they happen but that's as big of a story as anything and we're hearing stories of reporters on the ground being dragged out and arrested for covering it Hmm. yeah this is interesting actually this is coming from uh it's a local news station wlwt5 in cincinnati Mm -hmm. after a train derailment ohio residents are living the plot of a movie they helped make is that just weird (laughs) When when Bed Ratners finally signed up for the 2021 to be extras in the movie White Noise, they thought it would be a fun distraction from their day-to-day life. Apparently not. Apparently it was uh, preparation for an actual event. So where are the environmentalists? They're not there. They're not here. There's no no outcry from the World uh, Health Organization, the United Nations. You know, all of these places where people are devastating the the animal kingdom, probably a lot of children. I'm going to say this right now. If you're not taking a lot of selenium. And I would say right now for the people in that area, reach out to Babry Orin and Folium PX. You're talking Chernobyl level event, maybe not radiation in this case, but certainly a toxicological event that is so devastating that you want to counteract it with everything you got. So if you're in that area, get on anything to help your liver. Hmm. Increase your selenium levels. Folium PX is an antioxidant. Co- yes, coffee enema, Super Don, for those that well, are there. Anything that you can do. <laughs> yeah. Well, so this ha- this happened near Cincinnati. Is that is that accurate? No, it's or? closer to Pittsburgh. It's on Pittsburgh, it's on, huh? very eastern Ohio. Okay. And, uh, it, you know, the, some of our friends are in the outskirts there that, uh, you know, when I went to. Uh, I was just thinking that's right where Pete Santilli is. Is he out there as well? So I don't know yeah. where he is. He covering this? I wonder what he's doing. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can look him up. Yeah, we can get him on the show. And uh, 
How much time do we have before uh, a Brideon.tv break? Well, let's see. How about uh, two minutes? All right. So speaking of coffee enemas, we had a, a, a great, great uh, email that just came in from one of our friends that listens regularly in Australia. <laughs> And uh, she gets Super Don's attention by, you know, headlining the email. Amazing, 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 Super Don. Super Don. Yes. And do you have that? Uh, do I have Would that? you like me to read the uh, the poem or do you, you want to do it? In fact, I want to read the poem today. All right. You read the poem. You got two minutes. I, I'm going to try and get to it, though, but I got to find it first. Where did you send it to me? <laughs> On uh, email. Okay. Here it is. I got it. All right. So. Uh, hi, it's me again. This is from Linda in Sydney, Australia. I just couldn't stop myself from writing the following after the show I just listened to on Apple Podcasts. And uh, this relates to Super Don apparently coming up with a homeopathic way to do a coffee enema or something like that. Here's the poem she wrote. This is not artificial intelligence. It's written by a human being. Come on, Super Don. Just give it a go. No need to rush. You can go real slow. If RSB can do it, then you can do it too. It's an age-old modality. It's really nothing new. Can I do it homeopathically? Asked Don to RSB. Make me up a potion and put it in my tea. Or put it in my coffee and I'll drink three cups a day. But please don't make me force that coffee in the other way. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to overthink it, Don. Ignore the mental chatter. Think of all the benefits. It's all mind over matter. As well as being amazing, You'll feel amazing, too. So do that, coffee enema. Get rid of all your poo. (laughs) (laughs) And Linda asks, she says, not a problem if you prefer not to broadcast this, but please make sure Robert gets a smile. I laughed out loud when I read this. Are you kidding me? You think we would not broadcast that? That was brilliant. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Linda, Linda in Sydney, Australia. If we had a poetry contest, she whoops AI. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely, whoops, the AI poetry. God bless you. Uh, bless good you. stuff. That. All right, we got a lot more healing to go on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Take a quick pause with our friends at, uh, uh, what is it, brightingon.tv. We'll That's continue right. behind the scenes here at robertscottbell.com and on social media. We'll be right back. Okay, if they've decided to take a break, We'll just carry on. And talk. That, Super D, that was absolutely, when you read it, did you laugh out loud like I did? Of course I did. I of course too. I did. Yeah. That was sensational. Great stuff. I, I want that published in the show notes today, if you don't mind to add that. With all yeah, the I can credit. do it. Uh, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So uh, on the UFO front, as I said, uh, you know, distraction is a, a legitimate thing. But to your point, after the distraction is over, you're going to have to find another distraction because then you're going to come back and go, oh, yeah, the economy still sucks. Your point is, is well yeah. taken. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I understand that um, some people are under the impression that Nobody's covering the train derailment. No, no, it's um, covered a little bit, but not to the extent I believe and perceive. Maybe I'm wrong, but I perceive yeah. it should be because I think it's as big as a potential Bhopal scenario where thousands of people could end up, if not dead right away, you know, having cancer or other things, making you know whatever we've been through in COVID and COVID jabs even worse. Right. So I think it's significantly being underplayed, partly because you know if you start looking at the EPA and you realize how much they enable stuff like this. Uh, you know, the disaster is not, let's say, prevented by government intervention, but you'll find that their answer will be like Walensky at CDC. Just give me more money, increase our budget. We'll be better. We'll do better. I promise. Right. Uh, and I just, you know, that's obviously the wrong conclusion, in my opinion, to come to. But yet that's, you know, that's where a lot of people are at and thinking that the the government is the one that can protect us, you know, from dangerous 
chemicals and drugs, et cetera, yet they're the one enabling it and, and running a protection racket, much less a marketing and distribution racket for the things that are killing us due to poison through the air, water, food, and injection. Uh, so I think the coverage has been problematic. Yeah, I mean, I will admit, I mean, I've had Fox News on for pretty much most of the day so far. And it's all about Turkey earthquake mm -hmm. and balloons, basically. Yeah. So I haven't seen a lot of coverage um, on there, but you can find it on the internet. It's pretty much all over the place. Yeah. Somebody's coming in to attack the dogs or your dogs are attacking somebody. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you can look out the window and see the, the Super Don studio window. Who's coming to the door making the dogs go crazy? Knows. There's a there's a neighbor, a neighbor that has a dog that is constantly barking that gets them riled up, and every once in a while a cat will walk by and you know and they can see yeah. it. And, and then late know. Super Don's homework. All right, welcome back everybody. I'm Brady on TV. The Robert Scott Bell Show is on two hours a day, six days a week, plus two hours and then a bonus round. If you come on over to robertscottbell.com slash listen, there's a live chat room. We'll check out what's going on in there. Super D, let's uh, cover some of the upcoming events real quick, uh, and then uh, I want to cover diabetes a big story on diabetes, if you don't mind. If you go to the Robert Scott Bell Show website, robertscottbell.com, there's a tab and it says upcoming events. And you would know this if you already get the newsletter because Super Don will eventually, uh, well, I'll say this, occasionally we'll send out. <laughs> I didn't mean that, Super D. That was no, great. you're, you know, listen, it's it's been a bit um, just because. We've got a lot of important <laughs> things to communicate besides the show and what we do on the show. Yep. Uh, February 18th and 19th, this coming weekend, is the Virtual Expo with Trinity School of Natural Health. TrinityHealthFreedomExpo.com. Um, my good friend and many good friends that I have that go there, but Jonathan E. Mord is presenting even more new presentation in addition to the one he gave there. Erin uh, Elizabeth, our friend from Health Nut News, is presenting. She didn't present in October. Uh, I've got two live uh, interactive panel discussions, one on cannabis as medicine. Another one is interviewing all of the Trinity um, what we call them, the teachers, instructors. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And it's a two-day event that you'll have three months to watch, download, listen to through a Whova app or on your computer. Only 30 bucks. That's the deal of the you-know-what. Y'all check it out. That's going to be amazing. Just uh, prior to that, I will say, uh, and I know this isn't there because it's it, it, Jonathan, Jonathan E. Mord is running for the United States Senate in Virginia. He's official now. E. Mord for VA. This Saturday, I'm going to be in Glendale, California, for a fundraiser event for Jonathan Emord. If you're in the LA area or anywhere near it, go to emord4va.com, check out the upcoming events and join us there. It's Saturday the 18th, 7 p.m. local time, California for that event. And then March 6th will be one in uh, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona. And I'll be planning to be at that one as well. So y'all check that out. Now that's not on our upcoming events list. Maybe we'll put it there. But for now, right after that, next weekend will be the Next Steps Conference. Thanks to Tia Severino. If you guys haven't planned to be there outside of Atlanta, Buford, Georgia, Lake Lanier Islands, it's going to be amazing. Building the Parallel Society. And you've got a 10% discount using the code RSB10. I will be there with many of my friends. We mentioned five times August. We've interviewed a number of people that are going to be there with us. It's going to be sensational. Uh, Jim Gale is going to be presenting. Just Parallel Societies in various different tracks. New medicine, natural medicine, uh, new media. You guys can be a part of a real history-making uh, project and adventure. February 22nd through the 25th. On the 21st, the Nurse Freedom Network is hosting a Nursing Day event there as well. So you check that out through Kimberly Overton and the Nurse Freedom Network. There's online events like Love Your Liver. 
with our good friend, Dr. Andrew Kaufman, who's going to be on, might even be tomorrow for, for Valentine's Day. That's timing. huh? Love your liver for Valentine's Day. There's a toxic mold masterclass going on soon. Our new our friends at Nutritional Frontiers, Jamie Dorley and the gang, they have amazing products, including health, help for your liver. We just talked about that last week. Detox, support for the liver. There's a mind-body-soul restoration uh, retreat. And that's happening the night of the 31st of March and April 1st and 2nd, Clearwater, Florida, right on the beach. Therapeutic, yes, for those that, that do therapeutics for others. You're going to be helped tremendously. And there's limited seating available or space available. You want to join us on the beach in Clearwater for that event. Uh, in April, there'll be the Be Healthy Utah event, the 21st and 22nd, Sandy, Utah, outside of Salt Lake. We got the family union for RSB show. Uh, parts of the All of y'all are part of the family. You can join us at the Goody Farms Homestead in Southwest Missouri, July 14th, 15th, and 16th. There'll be food, organic pie, if I let anybody have any. <laughs> Leslie really makes it great. She's also part of the podcast network here, the Robert Scott Bell Podcast Network with Stay at Home Mom, and she'll be hosting with her family. That's going to be amazing. You can reserve, you can click on, or whatever those QR things, you can find it. And then we have a September event already scheduled. September 14th through the 17th, the Las Vegas Biomed Expo. And I'll be there lecturing, speaking, broadcasting, as well as moderating some panels. Health, science, technology, business, and consciousness. I bet they'll talk about UFOs there too. So check that out. That's just a small smidgen of sampling of good things that you could plug into. And I mentioned the Folium PX as a response to the toxicological disaster uh, in eastern Ohio, which includes Pittsburgh area, Pennsylvania. You got to be careful there. Look into the Folium PX product, F-O-L-I-U-M-P-X.com. RSB 10 to get 10% discount off of that. And also the liver stuff, you get good liver stuff from Nutritional Frontiers. There's an RSB 15% code. And I've used that. I just ordered a bunch of stuff uh, from Nutritional Frontiers using the RSB 15 code as well. All right, Super D, let's talk uh, diabetes. There's a story here about it. And it's a uh, the high cost of diabetes drugs has led to a flourishing black market. Subheadline says to save money on insulin and diabetes equipment, people are turning to online groups where strangers offer their extra supplies. And to me, I call that for the most part, very nice, innovative. And what is that black market? I, you know, I'm thinking like some guy in, in, in a dark alley with a big yeah. trench coat, you know, and he whips open one side of the trench coat and he's got some insulin. And he's got Why do they call it a black market? Super Don, do you know? Uh, it's because they are not giving the money to the pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> you know, what did people do before big pharma was around, right? You know, Hey, I need something. No, I have something. I'll trade yeah. you my something for your something. So what's another name for the black market? That's more accurate. Inquiring minds want to know. It's called the free market. The free market. Oh, market uninterfered, un, uninterfered with. By government, central planning bureaucrats, and monopoly, uh, let's say, industry. In other words, where innovation is free to happen, where prices are free to come down because people innovate outside of monopoly. But the argument, of course, has always been in a, in a black market, you never know what you're going to get. You can end up being poisoned and harmed and killed. But I argue that in a monopoly, legitimate, if you will, market, like big pharma's market, you're engaging in risky behavior by taking the drugs that they approve via emergency or non-emergency. Modern medicine, the third leading cause of death around the Western world, arguably the first and second too, because it causes both heart disease and cancer, their interventions, including COVID jabs. So if we talk about diabetes drugs, then we have to ask the question, why are diabetes drugs considered necessary? 
And I would say, well, they may only be truly necessary in type 1 diabetes, which is an autoimmune response where your own immune cells destroy certain pancreatic cells so you can no longer even produce insulin, among other functions of the pancreas. But that begs the question, where does type 1 diabetes come from, Superdon? And you'll have the argument from the pharmaceutical bad guys that it's genetic. Bad luck. No, it's bad luck. But I would argue it's primarily the result of those toxicological injections known as vaccines long before there were COVID jabs and other things that destroy the immune system and damage and weaken cellular uh, metabolic functioning and integrity, contributing to mineral deficiencies as well. And that could happen cross-generationally, and then they get away with saying it's genetic, not epigenetic, or you know things that manifest in the presence of certain things in the environment. So the, the basis for the need for diabetes drugs is primarily due, and I'll grant you there may be inexplicable scenarios that might not have a lot to do with big pharma causing it. That could happen. But primarily due to pharmaceutical governmental monopoly control over your bodies over what they call healthcare, which is disease creation and disease management machinery. So then we get to the point of these drugs being used to treat disease that is brought about primarily by the lack of knowledge allowed to be free-flowing, the information that would free-flow to let people know what we know here, that what I've written about in, in Unlock the Power to Heal and that before me, our good friend, dearly departed, not a doc, Chris Barr wrote about in terms of diabetes being an abject deficiency of primarily not the synthetic chromium, but a chromium mineral found normally in food that has been ripped out of the food supply over the 20th century primarily, and it's still gone in the 21st. We're talking about abject mineral deficiencies, and now Superdon's holding up to the screen, for those of you who want to see it, the replacement to what we used to use as a whole food form of chromium and even vanadium. Food research, glucose sugar balance, and this has gotten from choosetobehealthy.com, our friend Jonathan. You can go to choosetobehealthy.com and order as many as you can and, and take one capsule four times a day if you're in the midst of any form of diabetes. I'm not saying you're going to cure type 1, but you're certainly going to reduce your reliance on insulin. That alone will save you money from out-of-control monopoly medicine. Much so it's less. 100 micrograms four times a day. Yes, as, and if you have type 2, over time, you will see a reversal of type 2 diabetes until it's completely eliminated. <laughs> I just realized I've been taking two, uh, like, three times a day. That's funny. You have been taking two, three times a day? Yeah. You don't need that much. I know. Well, now I, I know. We talked I, about I messed up. I, ha I thought I had the protocol memorized, and I messed up on that one. Yeah. You, for you, I would take one capsule three times a day. Yeah. That's what I would prefer you to do. Now we get to <clears throat> and the vanadium. So we can reverse, absolutely reverse what they call type 2 diabetes because it's an abject deficiency of key minerals, continue, uh, per, per, uh, primarily chromium, but vanadium plays a role there as well, but in the right form. And in the 1990s, I used, I used to hear for the first time about chromium, uh, and it was like, what is this going on? Suddenly supplement companies were putting chromium in their thing, but the form of chromium they were primarily using was a patented form called chromium picolinate. And this is chromium bound to picolinic acid, which is cellular toxic poison. It's poop from your cells. And they could recombine it in a way to think we can trick the body into accepting it. It's moronic, but they did that. And fractional benefit of that form of chromium. And even chromium uh, polynicotinate, minimally beneficial. Chromium chloride, hardly at all. The form needs to be food form, 100% whole food form. Now, 
the other thing I think that's the takeaway here from this this article is that uh, our healthcare system mm-hmm. is just it's a speaking and no pun intended it's a train wreck. Yeah, uh, that you know people you know they have to do something like this. You know they've got their the diabetes. This there's in the article that I was reading. You know people are getting on social media. They're speaking in like code words or something like that. Cause I guess that, you know, they could get in trouble for, for doing this kind of stuff mm-hmm. on Facebook. Uh, and you know, glucose monitors and insulin pumps, you know, and all this, this, this stuff, people are, are getting on there and buying it at a deep discount mm-hmm. from people that just have these things laying around and they're not using them. So they figure out a way, Hey, I'll make a few bucks. I can sell it. And somebody who needs it can get it. Um, but that's, you know, what is that? That's a symptom, you know, of a, of a bigger problem. Yeah. One that you've already talked about as far as the drugs go and the, you know, why people are using the drugs for something that they don't need the drugs for, but, uh, the cost, you know, when people get sucked into the system mm-hmm. thinking that they need all of this stuff, yeah. then the insurance companies and, and, and stuff like that, they, they, you know, rip them all off mm-hmm. with the high prices on this stuff. So, you know, me personally, whatever. If you want to take insulin, you want to do that stuff for whatever. That, that's your choice, right? Some I mean, you know, people need it to stay alive. I acknowledge that. Okay. You so understand? why not figure out a way to get it? Uh, you know, uh, in a cheaper way. You know, I mean, especially with the economy the way it is, mm-hmm. it's like really, are you going to go after people because they needed to save a few bucks so they could get their 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 uh, insulin or whatever so they don't die? You know. I mean, I don't know. I didn't see anything in the article where it said like, oh, well, the you know, cops are busting down the door for you know people doing this. But I have to imagine there probably is at least a potential to get in some trouble for doing this. No, nor did they say that there's a way to reverse diabetes. You know, True. It, it, it's not part of the thing. It's kind of like uh, when we talked about the bizarre prescription drug commercials, right, in America and in New Zealand. You couldn't put a commercial on the air that said, hey, you don't need those diabetes drugs if you just replenish chromium and vanadium, for instance. Uh, you know, the, those commercials would be banned outright, and whoever put them out would be arrested or, or threatened with loss of, of, of at least their money, you know, as they threaten you with loss of life, liberty, and property. Property is first. And all the people that, you know, this is how, how it's rolled because we've become a nation of drug addicts. You know, I've called us the United States of Drug America for many years, decades, in fact. That when in the 1980s, Reagan was approached uh, before the 1986 National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program was was passed and signed into law. Reagan had a lot of reticence and reluctance to it because granting monopoly protection from liability is not a thing a libertarian person would want to do because they know the risks associated with that. But he was convinced that it would be too much of a disaster if the manufacturers of those vaccines would pull out of the American marketplace In other words, they would only continue if they were granted blanket liability protection and, of course, monopoly status to sell their products and to utilize the government as the de facto marketing and distribution arm of those products, the vaccines. And so, you know, overall, I liked a lot of what Reagan said and did going back to my youth. That was one of the biggest disasters ever because it resulted in the harm and and deaths and destruction of millions of young people yet to be born because of the expansion of the vaccine uh, schedule due to the liability protection. So the idea that we can't proceed forward in life 
without big pharma playing the hugest role through government mandates, prohibitions, monopoly status, liability protection is a fear that has been artificially manufactured into the DNA of most Westerners, not just Americans. We can't conceive of not having access to all of these drugs. But what if we didn't? Would we not then innovate and find out, my gosh, if I just <gasps> ate real food, supplemented minerally, got rid of the pesticide deficiency that we don't have, <laughs> start eating organically, how many of those ailments, illnesses, diseases that we now accept as, well, this is just the part of being alive. This is what we're going to expect. We just are all going to be sick. We're all chronically ill, like I was, canary in the coal mine of my generation. Could it be that that's an artificial induction? Yes. Could it be? It actually is. But more people than not would not be willing to look and see that and consider it. And even if they do consider it, they'd be like, well, no, that's just too hard, Robert, to do what you do. I don't want to have to eat clean food all the time. My life would be a living hell. I'd be miserable because I couldn't go out and just have whatever, whenever. Well, that kind of life is unusual in the history of humanity. All of the things that have become snap of the finger, easy and convenient. Most humans that have ever existed would not have a clue that that is possible. They had to work hard, catch their food, hunt for their food, grow their food, struggle mightily to do the things that we have. And then even when that started transitioning through the industrial revolution, as more people gained access to, to some form of what they described as wealth or money coming in, where they could pay others to do things for them. Or before that, or concurrent with that, they had their own slaves, for instance. Liam Sheff used to talk about that when he was with us, you know, author of official stories, how oil from the industrial revolution forward gave us the ability to live like kings and queens and emperors, every one of us, even to some degree, the, almost the poorest among us in the Western world, where we didn't have to grow our food, even though the kind of food that the poorest among us would eat would typically be heavily subsidized, wrapped in cellophane, cheap stuff that isn't really food and that can cause cancer. But then we come back to that same scenario, those of us who grew up on those foods and were chronically ill because of it or are chronically ill today because of it, it's not because we don't have access to drugs. It's because we're eating garbage and we don't want to believe it. We don't want to see it. It's like, I can't see it anyway. If I look at that food that's not organic, it looks the same as the food that's pretty much organic. So what's the big deal? But your body knows, your cells know. And then you're led right back into the arms of big pharma or your arms are led right back into the needles of big pharma because you have to rely on biologic injections for osteoporosis or some other autoimmune disease. How many of you have seen Secret Ingredients, the movie, yet, yeah, the film, uh, Je Jeffrey Smith and Amy Hart put together? A 90-minute movie, basically, that'll show you exactly what I'm saying, how I'm not exaggerating. Simply changing what you put into your body changes rapidly the diagnosis that you may have been given by doctors who said you need this drug or this drug or this drug or this surgical procedure and this surgical procedure. People that I've helped that were on the road to colostomy bags caused by what? The prednisone and the antibiotics that they were given by doctors who said you must have a, an antibiotic and prednisone deficiency. Clearly, that's all I'm giving you. That's all I got. So that must be what it is. And now we've destroyed utterly your gut connective tissue integrity. You got nothing left. Let's remove whatever's left of your colon and connect it to your esophagus. Whatever. I am exaggerating slightly, but 
I don't know how many of you are uncomfortable from, with me telling you this, this directly. Many of you actually know this already, and maybe you're engaging and doing the best you can. And I'm not making this a statement of judgment on anybody either. That's not my point in doing this. It's just a recognition that you might not have considered it to the depth that I had because of my illnesses growing up, why I chose and choose to do what I do, to eat the way I do, having been ill for the first 24 years of my life and not wanting to go back there if I can avoid it. Some will say, well, yeah, but you could still be hit by a whatever. Yes, that's life. How do you want to live until that moment, whenever that moment happens or doesn't happen? I don't want to live dependent upon pharmaceutical drugs controlled by centralized bureaucracies, whether it be the United States government and its entities, bureaucratic oligarchy, or a globalist UN-sanctioned WHO entity. If they could get away with it, they would get away with it. The less you are dependent upon drugs for your life, your very survival, the more free you will be. When they say that there's a shortage of drugs, you'll say, I'm sorry for the people that think they need drugs, but I'm not in them. I'm not using them. And I figured out, in fact, ways to, to use substances and remedies to address the things they say can only be addressed with drugs anyway. So even if I needed those so-called drugs, like we talked about yesterday with the new article that University of Florida put out through a, a peer-reviewed publication on utilizing silver in the right form, adding it back to antibiotics and Wow, bingo, bango, bongo, the antibiotic-resistant drugs, uh, bugs, I'm sorry, are dead. And realizing that you don't need the drugs at all. The silver can do it without them. How, how, how many of you depend upon drugs to get by? And it's a very vulnerable and scary situation. I acknowledge that because you're dependent on a whole host of things out of your control. And those people that are trying to figure out a way through the black market, aka free market, to get by because they're dependent on diabetes drugs, wouldn't you be better off getting rid of the diabetes? And then someone will say to me, well, they haven't heard this message yet. True, they haven't, because we have we have acknowledged and acquiesced to and, and, and blessed even a centralized bureaucratic control over the media, including the online media, which used to have a lot more freedom. We looked the other way when the FDA and the FTC attacks our brothers and sisters in America who dare to communicate things that are truthful and not misleading and even based on the science, but that would compete and make null the need for pharmaceutical patented petrochemicals. It's too simple, Robert. It's too simple. You just you mean you, you don't have to fight city hall. You just simply withdraw your consent and begin to live independent of them. Yes. Unless they decide that they want to, not allow you to do so then of course they have declared war on you because we don't want to make a law that requires people to eat the way i eat i don't want to make that law i want you to come to it in freedom and in choice and in agency so you know because it's the best thing for you to do not because i say so but you come to that conclusion like yeah you know we're not designed to have a poison deficiency <laughs> we need minerals and all this correction not brought to you by big pharma or the government it owns and controls. So why are young people having heart attacks, more heart attacks than ever when they never had them pretty much, except the rarest of rare. There's an article here that is so incredibly deceptive. It made me want to vomit. <laughs> I needed to take a homeopathic Ipecac or Nooks Vomica or Seneca album. When I read this, the today show health and wellness page says young people are more likely to die of heart attacks post COVID. But why? Talking about the 25 to 44 age group increased by 
And they, throughout this entire article, never once considered the link of the artificial injections of synthetic mRNA COVID jabs as it relates to cardiac events following not COVID, but COVID jabs. More and more scientists, yes, actual scientists in their sub stacks are pointing out even the peer-reviewed medical literature and the data that's coming out to show that, yes, indeed, post-COVID jab, cardiac events are on the rise significantly in people that never had cardiac events. And it's not COVID. As they look back and say, "Is oh, yeah, it's just COVID. No, no, these are COVID-jabbed people, not COVID people. And then at the end of the article, it's so disgusting what they do. Today's show should be anybody associated with them. Well, they should have been ashamed of themselves long ago. Here's what they advise. Wear a mask. Despite all of the evidence that shows masking does nothing but harm you. Second, stay up to date on your vaccinations. Same tired tropes. Completely bought and sold to the pharmaceutical church. A demonic Luciferian death cult. Take a COVID test, it says, as soon as you start to develop any symptoms, despite the fact that the tests themselves have no standard and are only there still via emergency use authorization. I don't know if I can get more disgusted by one article in the mainstream media today or than this week or this year than that one. But finally, we have Kenald Reeves to the rescue as we wrap up today's Robert Scott Bell show here, simulcast on brighteon.tv. And by the way, once again, I want to say thank you to Hawk Jensen for being on board in hour one. Y'all check it out. Apparently, there's a new Keanu Reeves molecule fighting the fungi, <laughs> the deadly microbes that they're talking about, disease-causing fungi. Pseudomonas has been found to have antimicrobial properties. So they say, oh, you got a pseudomonas infection. Here's an antibiotic. Now they're harvesting a certain form that they're calling the Keanu Reeves version of it to kill bacteria, no, fungus in this case. That could take you over and turn you into a zombie. Or like they do with the ants. We covered that last week as well. But why do we need to resort or, or weaponize a bacteria? How, how well does that do when you weaponize what they call viruses or protein delivery systems? Amino, whatever they want to call it. Amino acid sequences. Do you think there's some untoward, unintended consequences or maybe intended consequences could be happening? Why not rely upon anti- fungals that exist in the natural world. What things stop fungal growth naturally? The limonene from the orange peel, from the citrus peel. Copper, the metal created by God, one of the uh, most abundant minerals that we have in the body. We have now bioactive copper hydrosol, most potent antifungal and antiparasitic on the planet just about. and can be done safely without having to resort to an upregulated Kenal Reeves molecule. So I want to take a break here. Thank you for being here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Our friends on Brideon.tv, shout out to all y'all. Please join us at robertscottbell.com. Sign up for email alerts. And I appreciate you so very much. If you want to join us on the bonus round, it's only 60 seconds away. Why would you do that? Because the power to heal is yours. How's the, the visual there, Super Don? I, I down, dialed it down to 720p instead of 1080 today, and you can see a bigger picture around me. When I do the 1020 or 1080, it like it closes, and I can show everybody what I mean. 
You know, it's weird because when we, when you first popped on, yeah. it was kind of a little bit blurry. Yeah. But then it kind of worked itself out. So it, it, it's not, it's. It, Watch it, what comp- happens when I do this. I'm going to take it to 1080 okay. and see what happens. Holy cow. Scared see me that? there. Whew. That's just, and, and it's the same camera going from 720 to 1080. It closes in on me. It's tighter. But right. I don't know. What do you guys feel? I mean, I don't think you need to see every hair follicle on me, but that's what I've been doing the last couple of weeks anyway. When I realized we were at a lower resolution, some people were saying it was fuzzy and blurry, so I did this. So y'all vote on it, and I'll do whatever, 1080 or 720, whatever. You let me know. Sorry, Sorry I got that. a phone call. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Well, what are they doing calling you? We're still on the air. Bonus round. Leave Super Don alone. All right, let's see what's going on in the chat room since I hadn't had a chance to look at it very much. All uh, right. What else is going on here? Now, I wasn't comprehensive completely, nor could I ever be in terms of remedies. But I try to give you some of the basics, the simplest, the accessible stuff, the affordable stuff, whenever I can. There are other things to do always, and y'all know a lot. I know in this audience because I watch you in the chat room. What The stuff you know is awesome. Stuff you come up with sometimes blows me away. Or just makes me laugh. Like, what is this? Steven said, germ. Government entities requiring mandates. The germ theory. That's another way of saying it. That's good. Uh, DJ Katie, it's an oxymoron that public health even exists in a republic based on individual liberty. Yeah, I've said that public health is an oxymoron. There's no such thing as public health. It's your health and my health. Your health or my health. It's my health or nobody's health. It's your health and nobody's health. You don't get sick as a group. You don't get well as a group individually. And that comes back to the law of the terrain, not the germ theory. Let's see what else is going on here. They want to teach the next generation that individual liberty is an oxymoron. Yeah, they'd like to get away with that, wouldn't they? I'm not going to let them. Not that I have the ability to stop them, but you know what I'm saying. I'll keep communicating it. All right, Super D, who's messing with you? Who's calling you while we're still on? Oh, it was my daughter. Riley's not feeling well, so she was uh, calling me. Does she, like does she pink need eye or something conjunctivitis well there you go you got some yep. silver for her yep i sent it home with her last night okay just keep it up keep it up all right so i'm just looking at i, I got a uh notification here mm-hmm. oddly enough let's see yeah. train derailment in houston Another train derailment? Let's see what's going on here. Houston area crash between a truck, a Union Pacific train, kills a driver and derailed. Oh, okay. So it was just an accident, but. Not another toxic spill, hopefully. No. Derailed the train, though. Okay. Gotcha. The cargo of the train includes. Oh, what? (laughs) All right. Hold on here. Let's, 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 uh, let's discover this together here. Mm -hmm. All right. So, uh, put this up on the screen got a different setup here so there we go uh the cargo of the train included some hazardous materials prompting union pacific to monitor air quality at the site of the crash oh, lovely um nothing like what we are seeing in 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 cincinnati is that under control by the way or is that still burning I, I don't know if we have some current pictures they've been kind of shooing people away so yeah let me know it's not Cincinnati, though. It's uh, Palestine. East Or Palestine. Ohio. I'm sorry. 
the uh, the news outlet was in Cincinnati. Yeah, that would make sense. Huh. Are they saying what was in here as far as... Uh, 21 topic? train cars were derailed in the collision. Hazardous materials teams on site. Not saying what it is, though. Uh, so let's see here. From what we're being told and shown, there's no major chemicals to be concerned about. It's more so household chemicals on board for retail purposes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not like, like the other one. So, okay. All right. Hey, shout out to our buddy, Professor Carl West in the chat yes. room there on social media. Uh, he's done amazing work. He's a lymphologist. In fact, I sent you an article earlier today about lymphatic, well, lymphedema issues. Super Don, I sent you that. I thought we could cover that, not today, but maybe tomorrow. Um, but it was interesting because, and that was a Dr. Nick Gonzalez-focused article about how to help the lymphatic system and how lymphatic stasis is part of the problem that creates all kinds of disasters in the body, including cancer. There it is, yeah. But it's something we can talk about. Lymphedema, general recommendations. Maybe we'll bring that up tomorrow. Okay. Uh, oh, the the, uh, the National Anthem, were you able to find it? Oh, do you, do you remember where you sent that to me? Uh, was it on Skype? I thought it was on Skype, but maybe not. I, I looked and I didn't I see it. texted it to you. I might have texted it to you. But oh, it, did you? it was originally, uh, I did a live on Instagram to play it, if that helps. I don't know if that helps or not. Maybe. Or I can grab it and send it to you in Skype if that. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me look here. Yeah, if you guys want to hear a beautiful rendition of the national anthem. No, it wasn't on text message. No, okay. See if I can find it again. Stand by. There's like 27 different ways to send people things now, and it's like sometimes you just can't remember (laughs) which way it was. Oh, maybe was was it on Twitter? It's possible, but I don't think so. No, I'm sending. Okay. I'm going to drop it into our Skype chat where we do a lot of back and forth here. Boom. <clears throat> and by the way, I heard and I didn't see it. We even talked about the the stupid bowl. It was a. It was actually a, an entertaining, really good game. Uh, but the, apparently, before it, there was a, a, like two national anthems. But I, I don't understand that. Is there a national anthem I'm not aware of? When they say there's a black national anthem, is there, there is. A there's a song. Yeah, that uh, that has been called the Black National Anthem, which they now will sing on occasion before like a football game or something like that. Well, can you call it what it is? It's not a national anthem unless there's a a black. No, anthem. that's that's what uh, it's it's being referred to, and so. Well, what nation is it a national anthem for? It's the uh, the the African Americans of the nation of the United States nation. Okay, I got, I got nothing. I don't know. I I, I don't want to see your kid. <laughs> I I don't. I yeah. I don't I, know. I, I, we could sit here and say oh, I don't understand, but then somebody would say that. Well, you're right because that's your white privilege. No, I would say that you guys aren't using the words correctly. You know, if you have a national anthem, you have to have a nation. Is that the basis for national nation? That's your white uh, your white logic speaking. Well, this is where we were going into trouble again, and that's why I wanted to talk about words and meanings so that we have an ex- explanation for things that we that makes sense, but we don't want to have to make sense because then we might have Whatever. to... Whatever. It's, it's a song um, honoring the African-Americans of the uh, country. Yeah, and I've got no problem with that. I'm just saying right. I'm a stickler for words, and it's not a national anthem. Yeah. Those are your white words. <laughs> <laughs> Does this look white to you? I've got I've got a mild tan, even in the winter. 
I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know. I just, yeah. I just know that it exists, and, and I would have to get somebody yeah. uh, better. Yeah. All we want to do is divide people, right? No. Oh, that's not what we want to do. All right. All, All right. right. Stand by. I think I might have it now. I had to download it. You have to use a special service to do it. And then we need to look at the calendar here and figure out. When okay. Right. Here we go. I think it's in a letterbox format here. Let's see. Okay. Oh yeah. Here we go. Before the basketball game Friday. Uh, that gave me chills when I heard that. That's awesome. Yeah. Just a beautiful rendition. And, and you noticed it moved through. Sometimes people can go very slow through the national anthem. And you're like, it goes on for, it was really moving through it, but beautifully. Yep. I just, I just love that verse. How did, what did you think of the national anthem yesterday at the Super Bowl? Uh, I missed all of that. You missed all that. Okay. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was fortunately this time around, they didn't have some. What? I don't know. I, I have to speak radio speak. Uh, they didn't have some knucklehead uh, going on there, just butchering the heck out of the uh, the, yeah. the thing. It was Chris Chris Stapleton, I think, was oh. the, was the guy's name. Guitar guy. Uh, yeah, and he uh, played played the guitar and, and sang it. I thought it was pretty good. So, yeah. what, what did you think of the Super Bowl anyway? Since we're on the topic, so as far as uh, the entertainment value of a good game, because I didn't have a dog in the fight. Right. No, I wasn't rooting for it. I kind of wanted. I, I picked. I picked Kansas City just yeah. when somebody made me have to pick somebody, and so I. I, I did. Uh, I don't mean to anger anybody from Philly, but I was kind of like leaning <laughs> a little bit to KC. That's but, okay. They've already burned down the city anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but a little overwrought, don't you think? So yeah. It, it was an exciting game. Uh, you know, it's interesting at the end. And this is pardon me for all you non-football people. At the end of the game, where the strategy was. Don't score, sit on the ball, and just kick a field goal at the last minute so you can't give it back to the other team. Mm -hmm. They did it perfectly. But I kind of wish that they had just had just scored and you know given an opportunity just to watch because the excitement would have gone to the right to the end. But other than that. <laughs> no, dude, they were, they were playing smart. They did the right thing. In fact, uh, right there, that play right before they kicked the field goal when the guy caught the ball, he could have ran in for a touchdown. 
exactly. And yeah. he didn't. He like stopped right at the one yard line, and that was a good strategy. It made a whole lot of sense what he did, because oh, yeah. otherwise you just you don't want to give him back. Listen, as good as Philadelphia was playing, mm-hmm. don't give him the ball. What do you tell you? You want to win, don't you? That you're there to win, not to yeah. entertain people, right? You're there to win the game. I just want to be so. It was good. Now, I Rihanna was the was the entertainment at, at halftime. Yeah, I thought she did a good job. Now, typically with yeah. these Super Bowls, I have not seen this yet. Have you seen anything talking about the halftime entertainment being satanic or anything? Because usually that's what happens. I, I don't know because I didn't watch. I it. haven't seen any controversy about that so far. I, I kind of fast forwarded through because we had core watch. Oh, you didn't even you didn't even watch it. Well, no, I I, I did see snippets of it, and I'm okay. Like, it, wasn't, it wasn't as overtly Luciferian as something, right? Like, I there weren't that. like dragons and people yeah. with horns and <laughs> fire. <laughs> it's not my thing, but anyway, yeah. I don't have a lot to say about it. Okay, but. all right, but the, yeah, it was it was a decent game. It wasn't super exciting. It wasn't until the very end of the of the game that it really kind of picked up and got exciting there with the comeback. Which listen, you don't ever count Mahomes out ever. No. You know that's just he's that's playing just, on a bum ankle. I don't. I'm just concerned about what they shot him up with to get on that ankle because he got yeah. an in, injured in the first half. To, right. You know, see, that's where you get in. If they gave him a prednisone shot, cortisone, which shot they or, probably did. That's what they yeah. do. You know. What it would lead to is chronic <laughs> of connective tissue integrity, and he could end up having a, a, a shorter uh, uh, career because of what they do to keep him on the field. That's the yeah. of that allopathic world. Marge has a comment there. You see that? What is it? She loves football talk. Marge, yeah. we know she does. Can you see it on the screen there just below you? She yawning? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, Marge. You got to indulge. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. Come on. You got to give us guys just – we're in bonus time. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Look, let us I, let Pat, chat like, for just a minute. I like Roseanne Barr, but whoever put her to sing the national anthem that time was, I don't know what that was. Yeah, no, that was horrible. Speaking yeah. of that, you see she's, she's trying to make a comeback. Like Louis C.K. Yeah, she is. Yep. Yeah. The name well, she, of her, the name of her, uh, her thing is cancel this. Cancel this. Yeah. It's the I'm, I'm going to watch it. I just, out of curiosity. I always liked the Roseanne. I thought she was all right. Yep. So anyway, all right. So what do we got going on tomorrow? I want to look, look at the calendar. So let's do that. So tomorrow, Dr. Andrew Kaufman, first hour. We're going to talk about love your liver and terrain stuff. I love it. Haven't had Andy on in a long time, um, but I enjoy him. Then we have Angela Bennett in hour two. Okay. That if she's new, then that would be guest 1,701. We've had Andy 1,701. Then we have uh, Wednesday, Nurse Michelle Gershman. Yeah. And let's see. The Courtney Turner podcast. Oh, wait. I'm on that after the show. I guess that's what that means uh, on Wednesday. And then we have Thursday, Nurse Kate Shemarani. Yes. Now, she, I I know who she is. Um, She actually did an interview with Scott Shara that you're going to want to wear your seatbelt on that day. Really? A a big, big time, big yeah. time. Okay. She uh, she's in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a, a nurse, um, but just you guys are going to be able to talk COVID and all that stuff like that. But it's going to be a very entertaining interview mm. because she is she's just cr- crazy dynamic mm-hmm. speaker, 
yeah. and super funny. <laughs> I don't think I've ever laughed as much as I did during when she was doing that interview with Scott. I look forward to that. That'll be yeah, great. It was, yeah, it's going to be a great, great interview. And then for, uh, Friday, we have Laura Abelie back on. Yeah. And Alicia uh, Pow, P-O-W-E. Yes. And, oh, man, that's a busy Friday. Then I fly out to Burbank because I got to be there for the L.A. event uh, with Jonathan E. Mort on Saturday the 18th. Plus... I'm going to be moderating the panel discussion on cannabis for the Health Freedom Expo and on Sunday, Saturday and on Sunday, the uh, Trinity Instructors panel in the midst of that. So that's going to be a very busy weekend for me in L- out of L.A., but I'll do the Zoom from wherever. So hopefully that'll work out and then head back. Uh, but boy, there's a lot going on, dude. So, yeah, the Trinity Health Freedom Expo is this coming weekend, y'all. Please, 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 if you haven't signed up for that. And then following that, we got the... Uh, uh, next steps conference that's going to be here before we know it too what is this i'm seeing food pictures who put this in pat put in what are those things in the picture in the chat room that pat did is this a, a spread for the super bowl organic taquitos nice looks like, like a fried kind of bread thing. i don't know what that is it was a wrap that looks great i know i can definitely dig that pat with homemade quinoa Tortillas. Oh, that's what that is. Quinoa tortillas. That looks great. I had my organic Italian from Italy imported pizza. All the fixings. Those are some well done taquitos there. You think they're overdone or is the... Is the uh, uh, I said well done. Oh, okay. <laughs> Put an eye out with one of those. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> taquitos. What a, yeah, I know taquitos are, are uh, awesome. All right, I'm looking at the calendar, and I'm flying out this weekend, uh, coming back, and I have like a day at home, and then I fly out on Tuesday the 21st to Atlanta for the uh, Next Steps conference. So, and then the weekend, of course, I'm going to be at the Next Steps conference in Atlanta. Normally, you know, we'll either do a Saturday or a Tuesday. I think once we did it on a Thursday, and I know this is going to suck for a lot of people but I got to fly back on a uh, Tuesday. So the only day I could see doing it is Monday, the 27th, the eve, an, you know, an afternoon evening one after the show Monday. Yeah. Like at the normal time that we do on Monday. Yeah. Not, yeah. not show time, but the normal. So time. at 4 PM. Yeah. At 4 PM Pacific, 7 PM. Yeah. Eastern. Yeah. So I know that doesn't work for everybody's schedule, but I'm looking at, for our patron supporters that want to join us. What did we do last time? Didn't we do a Saturday on last time? Saturday last time. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're due for uh, going back to the evening. So, all right. So mark the 27th as our next AMA. And by the way, two people won silver packages (laughs) and they didn't even respond as super Don said, send super Don your address. And -hmm. they did. And I said, even if we sent you stuff before you have to do that, it doesn't take much. And two of you, and I'm not naming names, but didn't send that in. I'm sitting on them like, all right, you don't, you didn't want what you want. They're awesome. A silver gel, a silver spray. Everybody else sent in stuff. So I just put that out there. If you haven't received it, it's because you didn't give us the address. I do have one more. I got to send out that I have an address for, but I don't know if that's February 27th, 4 PM Pacific time. Yeah. AMA. All right. It is on the calendar. Yeah. So that is it. Marge was asking. Hopefully she can tune in on that evening. Yep. That would be nice. All right. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, it was an interesting 
1700th guest in Hawk. <laughs> By the way, yeah. uh, Pat wanted to make sure that I understand that it was the quinoa in the uh, taquitos that makes it yeah. get extra brown. She, she didn't know. They're over- quinoa taquitos. I didn't know there was such a thing. Well, she made it up. Pat did it. Wow. I, Homemade I, I, quinoa tortillas. I want to party with Pat, right? Man. Yeah. That that is some dedication right there. That's awesome, Pat. Yeah. I've never I've never heard of quinoa tortillas before. Yeah, I'll make the uh, organic uh what is it what is it dip made of? Avocado. I'll make some guac. I can do that. Yeah. I can do that. That'd be a great dip. In fact, I think we have I wonder if we can have guac tonight. I'm just thinking out loud. I could I'm kind of craving and now, it. now you're craving guacamole, huh? I am. I'll make some I think we have some organic ripe uh avocados, so maybe I can do that. That'd be fun. I haven't done that in a while. All right, so Monday the twenty seventh on that. Uh, the, I, did you see the production value of that that docu series we talked about? Totally. Before? Oh yeah, totally. That's like highest level possible. Yeah, that's yeah. some serious like like two yeah. K or four K. Uh, oh, the element. resolution. Oh, I mean, it was yeah, it was awesome. Good. The visuals were amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, that guy. He's yeah, he's top flight in that well too. So. Uh, I like it. Can't wait for that. I hope I could. I don't think I can be there for the debut in, in Orlando with Tom Woods and all, but that was cool. The connection to Tom Woods. I love that. Yeah. That was fun. All right. So do you have to rush out and help your grandkids? I don't have, I don't have to rush. No, no, she's good. Okay. Um, if you guys are interested, mm-hmm. uh, Shemaine Nugent will be doing a live uh, stream later this afternoon around uh, four o'clock Pacific. On what flat platform? Uh, you could you could catch her on Rumble. She's got her own channel on Rumble. Okay. And so she, she's wanting to talk about the UFOs and the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff. So I'll be I'll be okay. hanging out with her this afternoon on Rumble. Let her know I'm waiting for my interview. I will. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. I love her. Yeah. She's terrific. And uh, did she does she see your album, Uncle Ted? The album? Uh, she hasn't yet. She'll see it today. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That is totally cool. That is a that was the punch. I'm loving that. I just need, yeah, it's the promo that got sent to the radio station. But um, now I just got to get my record player fixed so I can actually play some of these records. I remember. um, Here's just a memory. I don't. I don't know if mom's in the audience today, but back in I think it was the 70s, um, there were a lot of the teeny bopper kind of hits. Like you remember Leif Garrett? Of course, yes. Yeah, and of course uh, the Village People. He was Leif Garrett was was uh, one of the teenage heartthrobs right around the same time as Sean Cassidy. Yes, right. Yeah, and and I remember I don't know what my mom was doing at that time, but she had some interactivity with like some of the local radio people, and she came home with a couple of those kind of punch out albums, the promos that have a, a hole punched through the the actual. Yeah, wall. except and this they, doesn't have the hole. Well, that's just kind of, but you know the point of yeah. the hole was so that people wouldn't be able to sell it. They're like, right, oh, right. They didn't damage the actual record, but the the cardboard. Pack correct yeah correct so she came home with i think if i remember correctly the leaf garrett album mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the village people album i think that's how we got it they were like promos from a from a radio station she, she right so i just have that memory now nice there might have been a leif garrett i, I can't remember last time i thought of leif garrett <laughs> he died i remember i can't remember what it was that he died he got like some kind of accident or but or i think some... he was also heavy into drugs if i remember was he yeah yeah he was pumping up on those nasties not the pharmaceutical kind, but the, the, I think the illicit street drugs. Yeah, he just really came hard. and went really quick. Yeah. Might have been on uh, pharmaceuticals, too. I don't know. But, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Yeah. 
Leif Garrett. Anyway, anybody old enough? Gen X, do you think Gen X to the rescue? Do you think that's possible? Gen X to the rescue? Maybe. You know, the thing about Gen Xers is that, uh, you know, we're, we're willing to help out. Yeah. But if you give us any crap, you could just go jump yeah. in a lake. I mean, forget about it. You know, yeah. I got better things to do. Can't be bothered, you know. Waste my time. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible. Yeah. But either way, they're going to be okay. I'm going to go that's back. the way they were raised. Listen, I was like one song uh, left on the album I was listening to before we went to air today. Dixie yeah. Drake unsung heroes the dregs okay. actually they dropped the dixie label but they were the dregs unsung heroes one of my favorite albums of all time all right how weird i am i love the dregs. Oh, speaking of that did you see the picture i sent yeah i'm sure you did because i think you responded what? i went and saw my sister in wairica mm-hmm. and oh, uh yeah. we went th- we went thrift shopping oh and as i was walking by thrift store yeah oh yeah but i was thinking of the mountain picture but you no. You know, they had that in the window, and and what was well, that's a obviously a picture of Neil Diamond from one of his. It's a painting, covers. yeah, of Neil Diamond that somebody did. One yeah. of his and and what did I respond to you by saying? Because I'm such a Neil Diamond geek that I knew exactly what album that was from. I had no idea what you meant by this. Yeah, you misspelled it. Had a typo in it, but that's okay. On the way to the sky. Yeah, that was the. Al- that's album. the name of the album. Yeah, on the way I was sitting there the looking at it going, what are you like getting on a plane or what? I don't understand oh, well, what this means. The album title because you sent yeah. me a picture of it. But the thing is also, I was thinking since you were on, had sent me, I don't know if you sent that to me before or after, but that beautiful picture of Mount, was it Mount Hood? Which mountain? Shasta. Shasta. I can't remember. Mount that. Shasta. Yes. That was a gorgeous picture of Mount Shasta you were passing by on the, on the weekend. Uh, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's all covered in snow right now. Because mm-hmm. uh, we actually, we actually got some decent uh, snow this winter. We could have gotten better, um, but uh, hey, there's still more to come. It'll be back. Let me see if I can show you real quick here. But yeah, I saw that Neil Diamond thing. Of course, I had to send it to you. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't buy it for me. That's okay. I mean, Actually, they wanted to pay me to take it, but I didn't want it. <laughs> there's Matt Shasta. Neil Diamond pictures up. That's not. There you go. Look at that. That is awesome. How gorgeous is that? Yeah. And you said you got the, the, the UFO cloud over it. You didn't take a picture of that before. I did not get a picture of that when we were first driving <clears throat> driving towards it on the way there. Mm-hmm. There was this huge mushroom-shaped cloud that was covering the, the, the peak. Yeah. So we couldn't That's see it. Um, but, yeah, this was on the way back. So That's beautiful. Does that mean there isn't going to be a drought? Probably not. Yeah, it'll come and it'll go. Yeah. we got to carry yeah. on. Thing is, if anyway. you can figure out how to retain the water that does eventually come from the sky, rather than letting it flow right out to the ocean, that might be a, a good thing. But they can't figure that out. They're too busy. Yeah, everybody and all the kids, you know. They'll arrest you if you try it anyway. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all right. Well, that's what I've got. Um, so we'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, Andrew Kaufman. Be a good yeah. show. I think he's got he's got that uh, that love your liver event that's coming up. So I'm sure we'll talk about that. And yeah. Why yeah. you why you should get signed up for that? Did you? I think you did send out an email about the heart one from uh, uh, the hundred year heart uh, with for um, what's his name? Come on, paleocardiologist. Paleocardiologist. So Jack Wolfson. Jack is also co-hosting the event 
for Jonathan Emore March 6th in Scottsdale that I'll be at. Yep. And um, yeah, that's a great event. And he interviewed me for that too. Correct. So I'm actually in that one. You that that goes free. live in three days. So you've got uh, you've got a little bit of time here to sign up for that before it happens. So check mm-hmm. your inbox. If you're not signed up, then why aren't you? Yeah. Come yeah, on. Yeah, why aren't you? Come on. Shine up already. All right, you guys have a good afternoon, evening, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Yay, thanks for being here, y'all.